Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Monday evening. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the Hoopsville studios, of course, the NABC Hoopsville studios. Thanks in part to D3Hoops.com, WBCA, and Blue Frame Technology. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us, hoopsville at D3Sports.com. We believe that's working. We were told last show that that might not have been working all that well. Uh, we believe it's working okay, so please try it out. If you don't get an answer from us or something else is up, try uh, Twitter. You can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we're uh, live streaming the show as well as on our Blue Frame Technology homepage. If you're watching us on Blue Frame on the Team One Sports app, thanks for taking the time. You can do that um, by... Uh, downloading the, well, you can watch it on your computer, you can watch it on your phone, you can also download their Team One Sports app for Amazon Fire, Roku, etc., um, Apple TV, among other places, and watch the show on your big screen. Lots of ways to interact with us. Uh, appreciate you tuning in on this Monday, again, not on the air last night as we got home from soccer championships. I want to congratulate Christopher Newport women on their first ever national championship in women's soccer. And congratulate Connecticut College Camels men's soccer for the first ever championship in school history in any sport. Only one other time had Connecticut College gotten to a Final Four championship weekend, let alone win a title. And that was in men's basketball in 1999. Most remember that year as the tremendous game against Hampton, Sydney, and Wisconsin Platteville. Uh, but the number one team in the country coming into that weekend was Connecticut College. And uh, Camels didn't get it done, obviously. But they got it done in soccer in dramatic fashion, and congratulations to them. Great to call those games with Ira Thor. Uh, and now the whirlwind that has been my start to the basketball season somewhat slows down. We'll be around for the next few weeks. We'll do shows on Thursdays and Sundays. Um, worst case scenario, we'll do a show up until the 16th. Best case scenario, we'll probably be doing a show until the 19th. Then we'll take a break and be back on the air as soon as January 2nd or 6th. There's still some details to work out with travel and all that. Uh, of course, there is travel that we have to consider, um, including the D3Hoops.com uh, Classic in Las Vegas. We'll talk more about that on a future show. And so there you go. All that in a nutshell. Hope it, hope it makes sense to everybody. Um, oh, look at that. Zack Snyder looking good on the big screen. Thank you, buddy. Oh, my eyes look horrible in that shot. But thank you, nonetheless. Love the Christmas decorations. Love it, love it, love it. Um, all right, guests that we're going to talk to tonight, we'll get that out of the way. First off, top 25 polls we hope to see come out soon. I don't believe they're out as of yet. No, they are not. Um, so hopefully they'll come out during the show. And we will talk to Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott later in the program about said top 25s. We'll have our dubious, our deep dive, and our debatable teams. Still kind of have to choose mine. I usually wait to see what the guys do and then choose around them so we don't have too many repeats. In women's basketball, Bates is off to a tremendous season, including a win over Bowden, but it's not a conference game. We'll talk to their head coach, Allison Montgomery, about the big win, the great start to the season, and their schedule. And then we'll head down to Mississippi and talk to Mississippi College for Women's men's basketball coach, Dean Burroughs, you might remember Dean. He uh, was the one that led Wesley College 
until they were closed. Uh, we'll talk to him about that closure, what's gone on with the team, how he landed in Mississippi. We'll even get an idea of how things are in Mississippi, though they are off to an 0 for 6 start. But we'll get an idea for him about all of that. So lots to discuss on the show. Of course, there's reactions to things. By the way, if you weren't paying attention, there was a five-overtime game this weekend between Tufts and uh, Brandeis. Apparently, 40 minutes wasn't enough. And listen, I had my fair share of overtime games uh, in in Greensboro in soccer. What was it? Uh, three of the four semifinals and one of the championships. So uh, four of the six games went to uh, overtime. So I'm used to it. But five overtimes is a little ridiculous, is it not? Um, hold on a second. Uh, anyway, sorry, miss, missed, uh, missed opportunity there. Uh, lots of overtime in that game between Brandeis and Tufts. I mean, outstanding to say the least. Um, it, it, you don't need to play that many folks. I just hope you know, you don't have to go five, five OTs, but uh, some people like to. So we'll talk, we'll take a look at that maybe in a little bit more depth a little bit later. And... There's other results. Uh, there, the, the say that there was a lot to talk about this weekend would be an understatement. I think top 25 voters didn't have a ton to worry about necessarily, but there were still a lot of results to, to take a peek at. Um, the top six or top five only saw one loss. It was number seven, Elmers beating number five, Wheaton, at the buzzer. I still haven't seen video of that shot, but I heard it was spectacular. Um, Bob might have had it. I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, the interesting thing about Elmers was that they, they lost earlier to Calvin, 75-57, but then beat Wheaton, though I still moved them up in my top 25 as a result of it. Um, Calvin's on the outside still looking in for me. Uh, I, I still want to see a little bit more from Calvin. Um, Lacrosse lost twice as the eighth-ranked team in the country to four number four Platteville and number 10 Oshkosh. Not the end of the world, in my opinion. Uh, Roanoke lost to number three, Randolph-Macon, 62-50. Pretty good game there. I think keeping Randolph-Macon to 62 says something. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think for the most part, um, Roanoke's playing pretty well. I, I Here's one of those deals where we'll see where they end up on the next poll, and this is where my pet peeve is. I left them exactly where I had them because I expect them to lose the teams ahead of them because that's how I ranked them. We'll see if the voters feel the same way. Uh, too many voters will just move a team because they lost. Speaking of a team that lost, Mount Union, 12th ranked, lost to Heidelberg uh, by 19. Heidelberg got two teams this week, at least that were in my top 25. Who was the other one? Um, oh, I had Baldwin Wallace 25th, and Heidelberg beat them as well. Uh, Wesleyan entered the top 25 and then lost to Williams 69-60 after beating Worcester State. That's it, though, in the, in the loss column in the, in the top 25. Receiving votes category, Barry lost to Oglethorpe. Cal Lutheran lost 12 uh, twice. Probably should have removed them, but I, I, I kept them in. They lost to Chapman and UC Santa Barbara. I didn't really think much about the UC Santa Barbara game. Probably should have thought more about the Chapman game. Brandeis lost to WPI before getting that five-overtime win. 108-102 over Tufts. 
Colby lost to Southern Maine and to Bowdoin. They're 5-3. and three. They got a win over Bates in the middle of that. Eau Claire lost to Oshkosh and Stevens Point. They're now 6-3. and three. As I mentioned, Baldwin-Wallace lost. They had one vote. It, it was from me. Uh, Catholic lost. They had one vote. They lost to Marymount. So that's it on the women's side, of, or the men's side of things. Um, not as many losses as I think maybe as I was expecting, or we just got so used to so many losses. On the women's side, uh, basically the same type of, of week. Again, Bowden's lost to Bates, 74-70. Carthage lost to, to Wheaton. I mean, I'm sorry, Wheaton lost to Carthage. I misspoke that. 50-39. to 39. Wheaton only put up 39 points in their first loss of the season to Carthage. That's a fascinating one, in my opinion. Uh, they came, Wheaton came back to beat Elmer 75-57, but only 39 points to Carthage. Um, pretty, pretty surprising. Uh, East Texas Baptist lost to Texas Dallas. Then, later in the week, after getting a win over McMurray, they came from behind. They had a lead, then lost the lead, then then won 58-54 to Harden-Simmons, who's the 10th-ranked team in the country, which then takes up the next line. Harden-Simmons lost its first game to the East Texas Baptist. Um, go all the way down to 21 before you get your next loss. It's Oshkosh to number 11, Eau Claire, before getting the win over Lacrosse. So uh, probably an, what you would expect from an Oshkosh week. Rhodes lost to Emory, 80-76. to Emory not ranked. Um... NYU is off to a fascinating start. They're seven and zero, and they got a win over Wesleyan, ninety-one forty-six. That's huge. Uh, Catholic lost to number nineteen Scranton, fifty-six fifty-three. As an aside, the Scranton men lost to Catholic. Uh, Ithaca in the receiving votes category lost to Vassar, Babson lost to Williams, George Fox lost again. They're two and five to start the season. They lost lost to Pacific and to Puget Sound in conference games. You'd love to know what's going on at George Fox. And New Paltz, who was getting a vote, lost to SUNY Potsdam. So there's kind of your quick recap of what's going on this season. Um, sorry, just checking an email I sent. Don't see the answer I'm looking for. I'll have to check another email source. Again, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Again, the email address is hoopsville at d3sports.com. Uh, please send it our way. Love to hear from you. Find out what's going on. Um, sorry, I just have to look up an email address here and see where I sent something. Uh, if you got questions for us, we'd love to answer them. Uh, I think what's fascinating uh, this season is that, um, I mean, we, we know it's wide open, right? We know it's going to be a challenge this season. We know there's going to be uh, a lot going on. But what I don't think we fully are grasping is just where does um, where does everybody sit when – it's so hard as a voter in the top 25. It's so hard to figure out at, from a perspective of who to follow, who to, who to root for, et cetera. When we don't, we're still trying to figure out teams that are, that are who's back and who's not back. Who's going to be healthy. Who's not healthy. How are teams getting along? I mean, I'll give you an example as a voter. Mary Arden Baylor has just played four games in the first, what, four weeks of this season? 
they're they're clearly stockpiling a bunch of their games for for later in the season. Uh, we have them at the D3Hoops.com Classic. That's two games in the middle of winter that they've got to play. So it's hard to, to gauge or make much of them when they've only got four games, and we haven't been able to see exactly what they can or can't bring to the table. Um, for example, they had a game on the 9th, the 16th, and the 27th of November, then the 3rd of December. They won't have another one until the 9th. Then they play a bunch in December, including two games that we'll see them for, and then they get into conference play. So they got a bunch of it on the back end. But even if they had played a handful more games, games against Houston, Tillotson, Arlington, Baptist don't tell me much. I'm looking for games against Texas, Dallas, and Letourneau to better understand the team. And, and that's not just a Texas thing. That's also for teams that are in the central region. You know, you look at the WIAC and teams are off to great starts like Platteville, um, lacrosse despite their two losses. But are we seeing what the team's going to be all season? Are we seeing a team that's ahead of things and maybe catching other teams that aren't quite up to speed yet? I don't know. I think it's tough to say. And that's where I've struggled as a voter. Trying to make heads or tails of a lot of things. For example, I'm trying to find the team that I had that I had jumped at one point that I, I'm still having trouble figuring out. Hold on a minute. I mean, you could argue I'm having trouble with all of them. Um, well, let's take, let's, let's take Barry, for example. I have them 25. They were 24 in my previous poll. I think they're a good team. I think coming off of last year, what they did last year was solid. But they're now playing more teams than they played last year. They're now playing teams that have players back. Is Barry as good as I think they are? Or was last year, because of the circumstances, just a little bit of smoke and mirrors? And I can't, I can't make that determination, and that's where I'm struggling. Um, and when you look at, I mean, on the women's side, I think it's even worse. And the NESCAC's another example. That's where I really wanted to head, because I saw NESCAC schools... Uh, you saw three NESCAC schools at the at the uh, Final Four in, in men's and women's soccer. In the women's side, you saw Wesley. On the men's side, it was a, an all-NESCAC final between Conn College and Amherst. And these are teams that never played soccer last year. They brought back talent. Amherst returns again. And they ended up being just as good, if not better, than expected probably. So when I look at a Williams who's off to an undefeated start on the men's side, and I look at a Williams squad on the women's side who's off to a good start. I look at Amherst women who are off to a good start. It is hard to, to balance between, okay, is this the NESCAC we're used to? In other words, great talent and just chalk up like last year never happened. Or do I wait and see, trying to understand what talent is exactly back? How well are they exactly playing? I'm struggling to vote for some of the NESCAC teams because I go through their, their schedules and they're not playing much. Now, the juxtaposition of that argument is Yeshiva. And I only say that because I know Yeshiva hasn't had a, a world-beater schedule, but I know that team, I know the talent that's there, I know what they lost and didn't lose. They did play last year, whereas 
Amherst and the rest of them, I, I don't know what to make of them because I don't know exactly what's back. So do I jump on the bandwagon and because they're undefeated and because they're a NESCAC school, I automatically put them in my top 25? Or do I look at something and, and let's call up, let's just call up Amherst for, for giggles. Do I look at the fact that they played a Rosemont, Colby Sawyer, Mass College, SUNY Geneseo, Westfield State, Thomas, and St. Elizabeth to start? In order, that is two and six. Three and four, four and five, three and three, seven and two, Westfield State. Their two losses to Mass Dartmouth and Amherst. Uh, one and four, Thomas. Oh and eight, St. Elizabeth. So I see solid wins, but it's hard to gauge what I'm seeing. And and that's A, why we have this show. We have people on. It's B, why I call coaches and others around the country to get their take on things and and see it's really why we have social media and everything else so we can hear everybody else's takes on these teams um i don't i've been leery of teams that didn't play last year i, I saw another tweet from somebody talking about a uh, wash U team i think with a win over i think it was hendrix and how that must mean they're a top 10 team i i just I've got them in my poll, but I don't have them very high. Maybe Hendricks isn't the team we expected them to be. I think that's, and that's the other element of this. You know, it's hard at the beginning of the year to go, that was a that was going to be a good team this year, and they're just struggling. Or that's a good team this year. They've got a couple of losses, and so I'll gauge that for who beat them. Maybe Maybe the team wasn't going to be good this year, and we just don't know it. Um, because... You know, coaches haven't been able to coach players and players haven't been able to come back. And there's a lot of what ifs. And I think for me, at least, it's going to take a while to to really lean in on teams and understand how good they are or not good they are. Um, oh, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Checking out. uh See what else is going on. See if any of you have tweeted at us. Haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen an email, so we'll keep on going. Uh, we will have a section, again, about the top 25 with uh, Bob Quillman and uh, Ryan Scott coming up later in the show. So they will they can provide a little bit more insight. Um, and I, we can give you our sense of... I've, I've noticed more people are putting out their top 25s now. Um, a few more of the voters are putting their ballots out there. I have not written my blog this year. It... Maybe we'll get to it next week to, to give one in, in the holiday period of time and then maybe get back to it in January. Um, other things have, have made life a little too complicated for us to do that. But we'll try and get back to it if there's an interest. If there's no interest, so be it. But I've seen, I think I've seen four others who put their top 25 out there at least, which is nice to see. It gives people uh, uh, things to look at. I don't look at them uh, when others post theirs. I don't look at their ballots, at least until I voted. Um, I don't want their decisions impacting mine. And thus why, with my ballot, I never put it out until after the poll was done. Um, and so once the poll was released, then I put my ballot out there. Um, you know, or the next day. I, I, and that was, that was done on purpose. I just did not want to see anything possibly out there. 
Um, women's poll looks like it's out. Hold on a second. Um, outstanding. Yep, the poll is out in the women's side. We'll take a look at that right now before we take a break. Hope is the uh, number one team in all the land. And as last week, they have all 25 votes. First place votes, that is. Whitman stays second. Eau Claire jumps from 11th to 3rd. John Carroll slides from 3rd to 4th. Wartburg stays where they are. Amherst moves up a couple spots. Trine stays where they are. Whitewater uh, moves up from eighth or 12th to 8th. Christopher Newport up from 13th to 9th. DePaul from 15th to 10th. Bowden, with that loss to Bates, falls from 4th to 11th. Simpson is up a couple. Transylvania is up 5 to 13. Hardin-Simmons is down from 10 to 14 with that loss to ETBU. Tufts is up a spot. Wheaton fell 10 spots with that loss that we mentioned earlier. They're now in 16th. East Texas Baptist, despite their win over Hardin-Simmons, still tumbled. They fell to 17th. Messiah is about where they were. Scranton is hold steady. Baldwin-Wallace is hold in the same spot. Texas-Dallas the same. New York University is up two spots. Gettysburg's into the poll. Had an interesting conversation with a few people recently. Don't feel that Gettysburg's a top 25 team. Think they're good. They're young. But don't believe Gettysburg's a top 25 team. So it's interesting the voters feel otherwise right now. Oshkosh fell from 20th to 24th. And St. John Fisher's in the poll uh, at 25th. For, uh, last time St. John Fisher was in the poll was January 17th, 2005. Number one movie, Coach Carter. Number one song, Let Me Love You by Mario. The president was George W. Bush. And folks were watching Fear Factor, Desperate Housewives, The Shield, and Boston Legal. <laughs> Gordon, I love you. Uh, that's all from Gordon, man. St. John Fisher in the poll at a 6-0 start for the first time since 2005. Outstanding. Congratulations to them. Um... Terry says, what's your thoughts on St. Thomas leaving Division Three? Does that add some confusion on voting? Just not seeing Minnesota getting the same recognition as a conference. I don't think it adds confusion to voting. It just removes a team unlikely would have been voting in my top ten. doesn't add any confusion for me. Um, like I said, just, just adds a team that I would have had there. Um, maybe Minnesota's not getting respect. I if I'm not mistaken, St. John's is off to a, a less than ideal start. Well, let me double check. Um, six and two overall with back-to-back -back losses to Oshkosh and Hope. Um, they continue to win. They're going to get their votes. They're into conference play. They're off to a, a three and zero start. Wins over St. Scholastica. Also, uh, St. Mary's and Concordia Moorhead with a game at Univista snuck in. In the meantime, they'll get back to conference play here shortly with three games before the holiday. I think St. John's could could end up back in there, but those losses on back-to-backs, and not by much. I mean, not by, not close. Uh, Oshkosh was 89-55, and, and that's going to tell you a lot. The other one was 62-58 to Hope. So, I mean, they're about the only other one I can think of off the top of my head that, that would deserve any attention out of Minnesota. Uh, I think St. Mary's is one to keep on your radar, though I don't think they're going to end up being a top 25 team, but we're certainly maybe going to be talking about them in the, in the MIAC. Um. And then you start going into the UMAC and other conferences, and, and they're just they're not that kind of caliber at this point. So that's kind of my take on all of that. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to head down to Mississippi. 
and we're going to talk to Dean Burrow, Burrows about his departure from Wesley College, or more importantly, Wesley's college departure from his life. And we'll also talk to him about the move to uh, Mississippi and all that it entailed. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and uh, from the NABC Studios. Apologies. If you got questions for us, again, Twitter, email, Facebook, however you want to interact with us. Speaking of Facebook, oh, no one's chatted with us, but they're there. Uh, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Take a quick break. Talk to Dean Burrow coming up in a moment. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How it wouldn't change it for the world. People can see me typing. Hi, people. Give me a second. I'm trying to tweet. Welcome back to Hoopsville. Got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on, well, the Blue Frame Technology Team 1 Sports app. You can also join us on Facebook.com slash Hoopsville because we're simulcasting the show there as well. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. And we will now complete the tweet we were doing and send it out. We need to make our commercial breaks, obviously, far longer. Um... Thanks for the questions that have come in so far. Appreciate that. And uh, looking forward to more than they come in here momentarily. Again, reminder, top 25 women's poll is out. And uh, it hasn't been tweeted yet, but it is out. Trust me. We just went through it. Uh, we can certainly get more reactions to that later. But congratulations to St. John Fisher, who's in for the first time in program history. So there you go. Um, all right. So we talked about... Um, we talked about the fact that for last year, one of the things that we lost, one of the things we were following for, for the most part was the fact that um, Wesley College went under. Uh, Wesley, of course, was a member of the Capital Athletic Conference, uh, left to become a member of the Atlantic East Conference, um, and their future was a little bit in jeopardy. We knew this for a while, and... They tried valiantly to get a suitor, and they found one right before the pandemic that fell through. Uh, and then they ended up going back to one that was across the street, essentially, in Delaware State. The only problem, 
Delaware State had no plans to keep Wesley open, at least as a separate institution. The result of that is we lost a lot of good programs, including football, obviously a top 25 favorite for many years, uh, top 10 perennially almost. Uh, we also lost good teams in baseball and basketball and other where. Well, all those people had to go somewhere. Well, I've been keeping track of where some of them have gone, and they include our friend, even though our graphic is going to say, oh, well, there we go. Our graphic says, um, well, our graphic says he's a friend. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is the head coach of the, wait for it, Mississippi College of Women men's basketball team. It's Dean Burroughs. Sir, welcome in. Thanks for joining us on the Blue Frame Hotline. I appreciate it. How are you, sir? You look great. Doing good, Dave. Thank you for having us. And it's always a privilege and an honor to be on with you. But before we get started, let me correct you if you yeah, will. Please. Mississippi University for oh, women. Now I gotta go change the graphic. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh MUW, the W. Um, yeah, it could cause some confusion, but no, we're we're getting settled in and uh it's been a whirlwind to say the least. So um the college isn't the part that gets everybody confused, sir. It, <laughs> let's let's call a spade a spade here. Uh, it's the fact that it's still called, which I think is a little surprising to me. I, I guess we'll stick here for now. The fact that it's the Mississippi University of Women men's coach is your title. Um, yeah. I know they've looked at this. Do you have an idea? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, I realize, and there's probably people scrambling right now. Why are they still with the women's name? Um, there's a rich and proud history here um, as a women's institution going up to 1982 before it became co-ed. So I don't know, again, that's above my intellect as far as, you know, the reasoning. I know there was discussion in the late 90s about the potential of changing the name. And I don't know if it was in people's estates, wills, things like that, to where if the name did change or if it had anything to do with the state, because it is we are state university. So um, to be quite honest, I don't know. I've heard, again, that the discussion was on the table and it was floored at the time. So um it is what it is, and there's a lot of good things, or else I wouldn't be a thousand miles away from my wife and our four kids right now, um, down here trying to to build upon what we think is a pretty good opportunity. Well, fair. Uh, I appreciate the insight a bit on that. Um, listen, I know there's a rich history at my alma mater when they went co-ed. Uh, they still um, made some changes. Granted, women was not in the title, so I can understand that. There's a little bit of a different element there. I know you're early in this. Is it a challenge recruiting wise to, to convince people that you're, you're actually a men's school. And I mean that genuinely. Um, not necessarily. I, when I was down for my interview, I, you know, I asked the questions that I needed to ask and uh, I put everything on the table and none of our gear says that on it. it you know, as you can see, got the owl logo. And yeah, very we, well you know, done. We, use, we use the W and, and there's some good things, but I mean, the facilities, the campus, it's, it's incredible. And, and I'm not knocking where I was at Wesley, as you know, um, you know, what our gym was referred to as a few on a few occasions and having been there and seen what we had and, but that was home, but there's a lot of good here. Yes, we are a state institution and, you know, it's not for just Mississippians in terms of the, the cost of attendance. It's for, if a kid's from Delaware or Florida, they're still paying in-state tuition. So it's, it's a pretty good situation. Um, for being a state institution. So yeah, I, I've told a few coaches that and you know, they've said, Oh, well, we won't be playing you here in the future. Uh, but I mean, it, we still got a long ways to go, but um, it's a day by day process and you only get one chance to dig the foundation and, and, and we can't go backwards. So we're, 
you know, we're, we're slow, you know, slow processing this thing in terms of teaching accountability, teaching discipline, teaching work ethic, teaching sacrifice and unselfishness. And, you know, again, coach Merkel was here and he did how he felt was the right thing for his program at the time. And now it's my opportunity to move the baton, uh, take the baton and move this thing forward. And, um, how I do things, it's not for everybody. And, you know, we're really just trying to make sure we don't skip any steps in this process because we can't go back. Uh, interesting enough, you guys are now in the SLIAC conference. You're not that close to St. Louis. Uh, I know it's not a perfect place being that you're in Mississippi. Uh, you could have joined the ASC. That's not close either. Uh, you could join the SAA, probably not the right fit being a state school. You could join the USA South. That's big enough uh, basically for the rest of the South. Why not you? Uh, <laughs> it's too big. What's it like to, to consider the fact you're going to be making some, some beasts of some travels in conference play and SLIAC play? I mean, that's again, that's might be uh, not the answer that you want to hear, but it's above my pay scale. And, and when I came into it, that's what I was told would be the case. And sure. I'm just glad, honestly, we're going to be in a conference after being in the Atlantic East for those two years without an AQ. Um, that's tough, you know, with that only one pool B. So for us to be in a conference with an AQ, that's that excites the heck out of me, especially going through this transition. So, you know, we'll take advantage of it. That's you know, three states I've never coached a game in, so I'm looking forward to that to check off those boxes. But um, being on the road, it, it's it's fun. It's that's Dave and I've told you, and I've told other people that's what I was going to miss the most if I didn't have this opportunity or elsewhere, like the bus rides, the hotel stays, the meals, the locker room. Like you know, those trips might be far in distance, but that's just more time I look at it to develop relationships with the guys and them amongst themselves as well. So just trying to find the positive in all that we get to do. Sure. Um, that's kind of been my word for the year's perspective. I'll share that with everybody. Just, just trying to keep everything in perspective. And we live in a, a microwave society, but it's really, we got to have a crock pot mentality. And I have to remind myself that here and there every day, actually. Well, your perspective is unique. As we talked about, you, you know, you were the Wesley coach before the schools, as I've been saying all day on my promotionals, unceremoniously closed. Uh, you talk about not being around your family and kids, as they're still on the East Coast. By the way, they're not going to get it, but we're getting snow in a couple of days. Just thought I'd rub that in. I know, know you're dying for some snow down there. Um, and, and you, you know, listen, I know it because you and I chatted all off season. You were in the line for, oh, what was it, four, maybe five jobs uh, that you were a finalist for from Maine to Mississippi, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh <laughs> you, your perspective's got to be unique because you've you've had a hell of a year. And if we really go back into 2020 and some of the health things that you've been dealing with, you've been had a hell of a two year. So your perspective in this job has got to be a little bit more unique than a lot of coaches are bringing because you have all of these different variables that nobody else usually deals with. Um, I refer to my life, my family our program, whether it was at Wesley or here, it's a circus. And I mean that in a good way. Um, yeah, I mean, with everything, again, I'm not the only one. So if I can share my story, which I have in the past, I, just to help other people, I have no problem doing. But, you know, like I just said, it, I'm blessed to have this opportunity here. And um, like I've told you before, it, they don't prepare us as coaches to walk in, to look your guys in the eye and say, we're not going to have a program or a school going forward anymore. So uh, that was hard, but to those young men credit and 
I still keep up with them and we have a group chat and just to see how the grades are going and things like that and life in general, because they're always going to be my guys. They might be at other places. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, but they're my guys. They're our guys. Uh, My coaching staff at Wesley, they're always going to be a part of my life. And, um, you know, I'm trying not to choke up here, but it was, it was hard. And uh, hold on. It's okay, sir. I mean, Um, while you get that chance, we again, remind everybody, you all didn't get really any warning. This was, you and I talked, there was writing on the wall, but it was hard to understand if it was accurate or not because you weren't getting any information. You guys literally got left out to dry a little bit by a process that wasn't as transparent as maybe it should have been. No, I agree. And you guys were scrambling. Yeah, looking back, like it was hard to recruit and you have to get out and recruit, but I would tell kids, look, I wouldn't apply if I, you know, it's up to you whether or not you apply, but you know, if you want to go through this process with us and see, I can't look you in the eye as a human being and say, Hey, we're going to have this. Cause I couldn't, none of us as coaches could. And, you know, we finally had a zoom at one point and, you know, getting kind of reamed out a little bit, if you will, about not doing our jobs and recruiting. And then that was a Friday and then come Monday, Hey, we're not going to have any athletics going forward. And it's just like, you know, it was, that was tough. That was tough because coaches were out recruiting and working their tails off to, you know, but within what we knew and, you know, coaches in the department weren't going to lie to kids either. So, cause that's their last name behind it. But um, no, it was, it was tough. And, you know, we made sure to help our guys as much as they wanted us to um, with getting elsewhere. And you find a lot about other people in this profession as that situation is going on and trying to, you know, we were going to play six to eight game schedule last year and we ended up playing four and people trying to reach out behind your back and just trying to grab your guys right away. And I lost a lot of respect for a lot of people. And I have no problem saying that. Um, I get the business, I get the industry, but you know, to our guys' credit, they waited until our abbreviated season was over before, you know, and I asked them, do they want to play? And they said, heck yeah. And we played, we had eight or nine guys on the roster last year. And uh, one of them was a football Tyler Polson and he was playing football and basketball at the same time. And that's, that's not easy to do. And I don't know if you'll ever get a chance to do that again. And, uh, but I mean, those kids, I mean, like I said, they're just great young men. And we finally had gotten that thing to where, you know, building it up in that year in 1920 that, you know, when we got back to the NCAA tournament, that was our first official recruiting class there. So we worked to get the culture implemented, to get things to where we want to go. And, you know, you rest a lot easier at night you know, in terms of worrying about the guys and things like that. So, and then to have it pulled out from under the, you know, your feet, it's, it's hard, it's a tough pill to swallow, but we got the formula. We know how to do this. And uh, again, it's going to take time. We can't snap our fingers. You know, the only thing I know how to do is roll up my sleeves and go to work. Um, Where have your guys ended up? So one young man is at Gwinnett Mercy, believe it or not. Uh, One young man's at Salisbury. Um, One's at Salem Community College playing for a guy who's like a little brother to me who was a GA at Wesley when Jerry was there and I was an assistant. Uh, one young man's playing Juco ball for his father at Hagerstown Community College, which is pretty neat. Um, one young man and Andrew Shepard, he's playing at LaGrange. It was kind of awkward. Our first game of the year was at LaGrange in their tournament. <laughs> and I caught myself saying something to him, like trying to coach him during the game. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, stop. Like, and Kendall's a good friend of mine. So, um, but my kids watching that game, my two youngest especially, they were kind of like, they had no clue. Like, why is Shep wearing a red jersey and not our yeah. colors? And so and then Brandon Obadikes at Spalding, believe it or not, and we're joining the same league as them in a few years. So yeah. 
might be seeing him. Um, Tyler, like I said, played football at Delaware State this year on their 1AA school or whatever it's called at this point. Is it FCS level football? And then um, yeah, they we actually have one play young a man tournament. who – what's that? <laughs> they actually play for a tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we had one young man who um, was at Cabrini before the uh, – he's still there as a student, but before the season got started, opted not to play. Okay. So he was on the roster and things like that. And then we have one young man who's just going to school elsewhere. So all of them but one is playing. One's playing football, and the rest are playing either JUCO or Division Three ball. Well, good for them. I'm glad to hear that they most of them landed in a spot, or at least is playing like they wanted to play. Yeah, I'll admit, I, I could I could see it a little strange if you're looking across at a guy that you've been coaching for a while, and, and he's not on your team. At least if he was open to your coaching, that that'd be good to hear. Now, to our guys' credit, and again, we have we have we talk about loyalty, and it's it's uh, it's rare these days, but they were kind of waiting to see what potentially happened with me. And uh, it just so happened that it was August into September when, you know, when school had started and, and we had, you know, and as much as I'm humbled by that and, you know, would love to have seen that work out. Um, they needed to be somewhere to call home and continue to move forward on their journey. And like I told them, I'm always going to be part of their lives no matter what. And just a text or phone call away. Um, tell us about your, your journey to Mississippi. You don't have to go into any details you don't want to go in, but as I alluded to earlier, you were kind of a finalist for four or five gigs, um, from Maine to Mississippi. What, how was that process for you and in trying to land where you wanted to land a, I assumed as a head coach, but I don't know where you, was everything on the table? Everything was on the table. Um, I love what I get to do. I'm not very good at many things in this world. Um, <laughs> I, I have a good sense of geographical direction. I can get all the groceries in in one trip. Nice. I'm well done. Bringing, I'm good at bringing people together. So those are the things I kind of, you know, and I had no problem going to be an assistant coach for the right person. Um, you know, interviewed for, like you said, multiple jobs, was a finalist in multiple areas. And um, it was frustrating at times because, you know, a lot of them were out of the area because, you know, there's, we were the only D3 school in Delaware, and there's a couple D2s, and interviewed for a D1 head job, which was a pretty cool experience. But uh, that made me realize how much I appreciate and love Division III uh, athletics. Um, interviewed for a D1 assistant job, and, uh, you know, just just this opportunity. I it was actually – I was at another institution as a finalist, like you said, and get the call from down here that they wanted to fly us down. So we literally went from where we were, got home, changed out, flew down here, um, just a whirlwind. We were actually on vacation in Florida when I got the first call. I had to drive home from Florida to, to Delaware, drop the kids off in North Carolina, and then flew up with my wife. And it was just a whirlwind. And uh, I had never been to Mississippi, never stepped foot in Mississippi until I came down for my interview. Um, and it's a pretty beautiful place, I'm going to say. It's a lot different than the Mid-Atlantic. And at this point in my life, I appreciate that. Um, I really do. And uh, it, it's just it's a, it's a building project. And I knew that coming in, we've only had two years plus four games in COVID as a men's program. And we've been a part of the USCAA. So I love that opportunity. I love that challenge, if you will, to, to build this thing in, in, in what we envision it to be. And, uh, you know, we have, we have some young men who, I mean, all our guys are just great guys, first and foremost, their parents have done a great job with them to this point in their life. And, um, how we go moving forward, I don't know. Right now, every day is an opportunity, as I told them. Every day is an interview. And um, I'd be sitting here lying to you if I said everything's going to be the same next year because that's just not reality of things. <laughs> um, 
they have an opportunity to become our guys every day. And some are on that way and some, you know, for different reasons, aren't really buying into it. So, um, you know, but just little by little, we're getting there. And I know, like you said, our record doesn't show, but I mean, we've been in some games here. We'll take a step forward, take two steps back. But that's again, part of the process, part of the perspective. Um, we got a tough one tomorrow with Rhodes. You just come off a good win at Covenant. Um, and we saw Covenant up at Swanee, you know, do some things up there. So, I mean, it's all new for me too. Like in the CAC and Atlantic East, having an idea of, okay, this is how long it's going to take to get here. This is where we're going to eat. This is where we're going to stop. So it's been fun to, I say fun in quotes though, um, <laughs> figure some different things out and, and all that. And uh, I'll tell you this though, scheduling's tough down here. I'm not going to lie to you. Scheduling games in the South is difficult. And I walked into a schedule this year, so that is what it is. But moving forward, trying to get games and things like that, it's tough down here, unlike you know where I was in the Mid-Atlantic East region. Uh, just a reminder, there's an event out in Vegas. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. We're, we're, we're on the docket for some things. Um, but we, at, at some point, Dave, I do want to get to that. I do want you talking, you and Ryan and, and Bob talking about us someday here in the next couple of years and top 25. I heard you talk about St. John Fisher, Fisher being the first time in their program's history. And I am an impatient person. Um, but yes. I understand what it's going to take. So just day by day and, uh, you know, just reminding myself of that. Oh, and six on the season. Um, you mentioned the LaGrange game. I uh, also played Huntington, Bellhaven, Swanee, Birmingham, Southern centenary roads. I mean, a, a solid schedule, uh, certainly yeah. nothing to, 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 uh, be disappointed at. I see the challenges certainly, but you've got, you know, You've got a decent schedule to build from, and obviously you'll have conference play to get into uh, eventually as well, so that'll help a, a little bit. Um, what's going to be the secret and the sauce to the recruiting? I'm, I'm kind of curious. How do you how do you entice them to come to there? Well, I mean, it's about the relationships. Uh, I, I mean, at Wesley, the cost was what it was. I mean, it was whew, it was it was up there, and uh, <laughs> where we were located and. We tried to make it the best experience as possible. I think we did that, if you ask our guys. So bringing that formula down here, but you get down here and the, the campus, like I said, Dave, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, it really is. And our facility and what we have as far as resources and budget, and you have that in place, and then you combine our culture and the opportunities we try to provide our student-athletes. And then you get into the cost. Like, it's $7,000 for tuition, regardless if you're from Alaska or Mississippi. That's Then you have room and board. So total cost of attendance is less than $16,000 before any academic money, financial aid. That's how you entice kids to get here. I'm interested. Yeah, exactly. So, sure. and with joining our league and there's a lot of good and, and our word a few games ago was opportunity. We talked to our guys in the locker room about some of them have the opportunity to step up because guys were injured or guys weren't playing because of missing the bus or showing up late for this or that. Like that's, that's what we're instilling right now. And um, after the game, I told them, there's a lot of people that want the opportunity that you guys have. I mean, we get, you know, we're out and about recruiting. I was Florida last week recruiting uh, upstate Mississippi over in uh, eastern, eastern Arkansas. I got I had to think about where it was. Um, it's, it's all new for me. And uh, tell you what, some of these back roads at night can be challenging. Uh, getting home without knowing and in and, and the dark and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people. And there's a lot of talent down here and, and elsewhere. And just utilizing our relationship and our connections, not just back home, but developing those down here as well, getting out. JUCO basketball in the state's incredible. 
there's a lot of good junior college basketball in the state, a lot of good high school ball. They make it the big time for their kids down here. So we're excited about that. And then we can, we're only four hours from Florida, so we can dip down into our relationships down there and bring some kids up. And um, I have a couple kids who dad's coaching Alabama as well. So everything and everything, we're going to go anywhere, just like we did at Wesley to find the right kid. And uh, again, being a state school, it doesn't matter where you're from. That's what you're paying. That's pretty impressive. Not all state schools say that for sure. Uh, Florida, I mean, no D3s down there. We know a few schools, including up in Husson, who have tried to take advantage of that um, and, and usually have gotten very good talent as a result of that. Uh, quickly, family doing well? and are they, Have they gotten used to you being away? Or are they hoping to join you soon? How's that all working out? Because that's, that's a haul. Yeah, so I think that question would be better served for my wife. Um, <laughs> and, and God love her. Without any of this, like without her being the person that she is and my support system, I wouldn't be able to do this. But we made that decision before, you know, whatever the opportunity presented itself, just so I can throw myself into this completely um, and do this thing the right way. So when they do get down, hopefully it's a little bit easier. Um, but I mean, she's, she's you know, She's doing good. She's a glutton for punishment. She just bought a puppy a few weeks ago for the kids and for herself. So that's another kid. Um, if you ask my two youngest, they think I'm, you know, quote unquote, dying down here because, you know, taking care of myself and things like that. But I come home and daddy, why are you eating all the food? And I, which I don't. Um, daddy, why are you watching TV? Because I don't have a TV. Um, but now when I get home, it's we're going to kids games. We're going to practice. I'm being dad, you know, went home for homecoming for our oldest daughter who's a freshman and uh, dad's not going to miss that. And I was able to be home for Halloween that same weekend and adjust our schedule a little bit. I try to get home once a month around our schedule. My wife will come down in January as we start looking for uh, places to live and schools for the kids, which I'm already starting to do, but they'll come down for spring break. And then uh, hopefully after school ends in June, you know, that's the plan to have them come down here and uh, start this next chapter of our life. And, I had to make sure it was the right place for us because I'm not one to, to bounce around. I'm not going to do that. Um, and to be honest with you, I, when I told the folks down here, I don't know if I would have ever left Wesley. You know, good, bad, indifferent. We had a lot of good things, a lot of great things, but, you know, not, nothing's perfect. And uh, we made the best of the situation. And that was in my home state, so it was a great opportunity. But uh, we're looking forward to calling Mississippi home. I've never said this to you, but I, I've, I've, got, I've got you because it's killing me. The man bun, sir. It, the, I mean – it has a, a je ne sais pas to it that's just incredible. I've bit my tongue for years, but I can't that's anymore. Right. You, you have mastered that thing. So so here's the deal. So I know where you're getting at, and I'm blushing a little bit. I am the most impatient person on this earth. Like, <laughs> so I was inspired by two of our guys at Wesley, and Evan Anderson and Michael Stefanides, yeah. who had long hair. And, you know, with COVID and everything else that was going on and – you know, with my health being what it was at that time in the shutdown and couldn't get a haircut. So I was like, all right, let's try this. And I got more, a lot of people my age, I'm 42. A lot of people my age have maybe one good haircut left in them. I got multiple haircuts left in me, but, uh, I'll tell you what, Dave, it's a whole lot easier. It's a sure. whole lot easier. And, uh, you know, it, it just, I never thought I'd be this person to grow out my hair. Cause again, I'm impatient and things like that. And, you know, some like it, some don't, I don't care quite honestly, cause that's who I am. But, uh, Nah, it's just it's just so much easier right now. At some point, I'll get tired of it, but I don't know. You have Not a yet. you have a look right now that reminds me of a, a pro wrestler, and I mean <laughs> that as a compliment. I've had that I've had that said to me before. Yeah, I, I dig it. 
I dig it. <laughs> it works. I like it. Uh, I'm glad to hear the health is better. I'm glad to hear the family's doing well, at least from your perspective. Yeah. Uh, we'll check yeah, yeah. with her. I'll, I'll, I'll text her after the show. I have no sure. idea how to kind of hold of her, but I, I'll try. Um, <laughs> And I'm glad to hear things are going well. Thanks for the insight on not only the departure from Wesley, but obviously uh, the arrival at Mississippi College. I'm sorry, University uh, of Women. I'll get. I know the W's there. It just it's not clicking. Um, You just just ask anybody. The W. The W. Just go with the W. W. Trust me on Twitter and social media. I figured out. I just have to start searching for the W, and I get it every time. Um. Thanks for the insight. Really appreciate it. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuning in? Yeah. No. I. I've told you this many a times and, and I'm thankful for our friendship and I'm thankful for your insight and your guidance and your help through this uh, D3 world. And I mean, I told like you to I go said, to California, but whatever. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you know, I had the opportunity, like I said, to go through the process with division one schools and, and just what you do for division three athletics and what you, you know, y'all do there at D3 sports and Ryan and Bob and, and everybody. And I know I'm missing, you know, Pat and there's others behind the scenes. Um, it's second to none. And you guys make it the big time for us as coaches, uh, for our programs. And um, it's a privilege and honor anytime to be on with you. And like I said, I look forward to the next time where we're doing this and we're talking about us in the top 25 or fighting for an NCAA tournament berth. And um, with some of the guys that we got in place and what we're trying to do and things like that, I, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to be sooner than most people think. So, Well, I'll look forward to keeping an eye on you. Enjoy that down there. I mean, I know you're going to miss the weather here. I know it. I just, I can feel it. I not feel it, actually, at all. 75 uh, in the next few days down here. So. Oh, trust me. I spent three weeks in Indian Wells, California, sir. I get it. I saw one day of clouds. Yep. I get it. I'm a seasonal guy, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you get all. You get three seasons down here, and I heard when it snows or when it dusts or frost, whatever, it shuts things down, so I'm kind of – Curious to see how that all goes. You're but, used to that. Uh, it shuts down yeah. in Delaware, too. Exactly. So <laughs> we'll be all right. All right. Well, take care of yourself. Thanks again for the time. Really appreciate it. Take care of yourself, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. You, too. Dean Burroughs from the Mississippi University of Women, the W, the Owls. I love the Owls, and I love how they took the logo. If you ever go check the logo out, the W with the Owls look, it's an outstanding look. We'll take another break. When we come back, we will talk women's basketball. Talk to Bates. Knocked Bowden down a few pegs in the top 25, but also got a couple big games in the NESCAC while they're not NESCAC games. Trust me, it's a little confusing. You're listening to Hoops presented by uh, W presented by D3 Hoops from the NABC studios. Back with more after this. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play. Free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Hey, welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we're motoring along on the show. Got a couple updates for you. We uh, noticed uh, Babson's playing Harf- Hartford tonight. Hartford, Jesus. Harvard tonight. Now, Babson could be playing Hartford in a few years, too, in Division Three. Uh, they have a 37-34 lead against Harvard, but it's an exhibition game for Babson. Oh, killing me. Uh, the, uh, I wish these games counted more. Um, what was the other update I just saw? Somebody just sent out another update, and now I'm not seeing it. That's what happens. Um, Albion leads Davenport 39-23. Oh, here we go. Trinity of Connecticut Nichols at 69-67. This was a while ago. Uh, that was with a minute left, so that game may be over. We'll double-check it here in a minute. We'll check some scores coming up. Uh, Yeshiva, number one team in the country, playing Brooklyn College tonight. They've got a 43-25 lead, and by last check, hold on, um, their, their top player was absolutely having a field day. I don't see where he is now, but uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as well. So scores going on around the country. Um, on a light night, honestly, there's not a lot going on tonight, but we'll keep an eye on things. Nonetheless, uh, top 25s. We already seen the women's top 25 come out. Uh, we'll see the women's, uh, the men's coming out soon, I suspect. Uh, the big note, of course, is Bowden fell from fourth to 11th. We'll talk about why in just a moment. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also uh, email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. If for some reason you did email us and we didn't get a hold, didn't respond to you, um, then the email's not working, and we've tried to get it to work. So then get us a hold of get a hold of us another way. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think we got everything covered. Um, all right, so we mentioned we mentioned Bowden fell seven spots. Well, one of the reasons they fell seven spots is they played a conference non conference game, and uh, one team decided to unceremoniously beat them over the weekend. It was such big news. I actually got a couple of texts about it. Bates Bobcats are six and one this season. They have got wins over Maine Farmington and Thomas, a win over Southern Maine and Maine Maritime, a win over Bowden and Clark. Their lone loss was Amherst, and this is what stood out to me. It was only by six points, sixty to fifty-four. And again, non-conference game. All right, so this was easy for me. Who do I want to talk to when it comes to women's basketball? I want to talk to Bates and Allison Montgomery, their head coach, and she joins us on the Blue Frame Technology. Hoopsville Hotline via Zoom. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Really appreciate it. Of course, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. You make it sound like it's no big deal. Uh, It's not like you're not busy tonight, right? (laughs) First off, congratulations on the win. I mean, Bowden has been the beast of the the NESCAC along with Amherst and Tufts the last 15th years. Uh, Granted, coaching change, 
um, your brethren isn't there anymore, uh, yeah. which might have made it a little bit different to take them on. But you also took them on a non-conference play. We'll get to that in a minute. How mm-hmm. big was that win? And and I, I asked this seriously, was the six-point loss to Amherst helpful in getting past Bowdoin? Absolutely. Um, I think we were just so lucky to be able to schedule that game with Amherst. You know, we had a, a cancellation obviously due to COVID and, and so did Amherst. And um, we just happened to find each other in that and say <laughs> like, we, we didn't want to, we didn't want to lose a game of course. Um, and it was an awesome opportunity just for us early in the season to be sort of tested to see where we really are. Um, you know, obviously have played, some solid teams, but they don't, you know, sort of match the strength of the strength of the teams that we face in our conference. So just really great opportunity. And I think we left that Amherst game feeling um, like we could play a lot better Um, and we, and just shoot the ball a lot better and just overall play better. And so I think to come out with that result, um, uh, we were certainly not happy with it. You know, I think to have the reactions of like, Oh, we only lost by six, you know, like, yeah, we missed 50 shots. Like, um, so, (laughs) you know, I just think it was a great, a great jumping off place. And I think, you know, I don't know if I was the only person in the country, not surprised, um, to be Bowdoin, but, um, yeah, it it was a great sort of segue into, you know, being more prepared, um, for a really strong opponent. Uh, quickly before we dive further into the game, it is interesting that you talk about Amherst losing or you guys lost a game. Amherst I know was looking at one point, so it doesn't surprise me that they were willing to pick up a game, but you know, we've talked about the NESCAC in terms of, we don't get the double round Robin and there's a host of reasons, depending on who you talk to on why that happens. And obviously there's the main three and the little three who do have their double mm-hmm. round Robin as part of that. So the Bowden game doesn't shock me, but the Amherst game kind of stands out. That's a non-conference game against a conference foe. Yeah. I know scheduling's tough. Is this a slow walk towards maybe seeing a double round robin in this conference? Or is this just a, we're coming out of the pandemic and I'm trying to fill holes? I think the latter. Um, I, you know, we've, we've discussed this. Um, I know like all the coaches, I think all the coaches in the conference um, would prefer to not have a double round robin. I think on the other hand, it's, it is really hard to schedule. And I think particularly, I mean, for all teams in our conference, um, but you know, especially the top three or four, it could be really hard. Um, it's hard to get teams out of conference. You want to play you. So, I mean, not that there wouldn't be some benefits to that, but I think, um, just given the, the quality and the strength of cut schedule, just, you know, playing single games in our conference. Um, I don't think we're taking a step closer, but um, yeah, so that's, that's, I, you know, Amherst and I just, we both got lucky there to, to be able to sneak that one in this year. What, a couple of things, but what, what is the biggest reason do you think that you guys don't want the double round Robin? I find it interesting. And you're not the only one who says this. So I'm curious what, why is it that everyone loves the fact that it's only really a single round? Yeah, I think it just, it just only leaves a couple out of conference, um, games to be played. So I think just kind of some like diversity in your schedule. I mean, you know, just as an example, you know, we played Clark a couple days ago, a team in the new Mac, um, you know, not sort of the level of team that we might face in the conference, but they're just different. Like they give us a different challenge. Um, you know, they sort of threw a bunch of different zones at us, um, just a different kind of style of play. And so, you know, as much as it's like, you know, we might be expected to win that game. It, it's a different challenge for us. Um, and I like the challenge of our, on our team too, to sort of have the mentality to 
um, sort of show up and play at a certain level when you don't, you're not riding that sort of emotional excitement of playing in our conference. Um, so I think it just kind of like a little diversity on your schedule. It's nice to, the way I think about it a little bit too, is when we get into our conference schedule, man, that rotation tightens up a little bit. Um, and it's just nice to have, again, that diversity of, of playing different teams, different levels of teams, just to give your team different experiences throughout the season um, is the way I look at it. Yeah, I should have also said, obviously, a double round robin with the amount of schools that are in the NESCAC. That's a lot of games. Yeah. You know, maybe the unbalanced schedule like the ODAC it would be ideal, but yes. that's not right. easy to do either. And so I, I get right. that it's not as cut and dry as that question maybe made it sound. Yeah. Um, back to the game again. Amherst, a six-point game. Unfortunately, you're going to have to play them again. They now know you. Uh, you, you can't spring it on them. Uh, I was double-checking. You will see them in mid-January, so maybe sometime to come up with another scheme. But what was it? You, you talked, obviously, that you missed a lot of shots. You didn't play what you wanted in, in the Amherst game, and that helped you into the Bowden game. But was there something specific with Bowden? Are they different? Is there something specific about you guys that maybe even if they had their former coach, that is still a winnable game for you? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it was a little bit different. I think Amherst being our first real, um, like just that level, that level of, com of competition that we, that we met this year. And, and I think our team just really stepping into not only competing at a certain level for 40 minutes, but we had to get, we had to get over this hump of, um, just confidence and just knowing where, knowing who we are and where we belong in terms of level of competition. And I think our group has known that, but you have to, you have to sort of, you have to get over it and you have to get that win. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to play Amherst again. I know you said like, unfortunately, but I mean, they would be prepared for us whether we played them or not. And so already, and, um, but I will say, you know, we, we had a hard time defending, uh, their, stud of a freshman. Um, so we'll be a little bit more prepared too, hopefully for that. Um, but yeah, Amherst and Bowden, they are certainly def different, different beasts, um, just different styles. And, um, so they are, they are, but they, you know, they're the same in that they demand that you, um, play pretty near your best for 40 minutes to, to be able to get that win. You also talked to Amherst to come to your place. That's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> And then you took on Southern Maine two, day, two days after that game and got a 10-point yeah. win. That's pretty impressive. Of course, had to go to Bowdoin, but you had some time uh, before that one with Maine Maritime in the middle. And again, and you didn't have to travel out to, to Maine Maritime. So, yes, small yeah, we have, we've had a nice stretch at home to start the season, yeah. which has been which has been nice. Yep. Looking at this team, I'm kind of curious. Anybody left from or anybody? take advantage of the time they were given back from the pandemic or because that's the question we get a lot in the NESCAC and UAA and all these, you know, a lot of these students can't stay around. Did you, were you able yeah. to retain anybody or is this just, you know, moving forward with the program? Yeah. Two of our women did take the year entirely off last year. Um, so they'll, they'll have an extra, they have an extra year. So one of our women who's a senior this year, Taylor McVeigh, she took last year off and then Megan Graff, um, who, um, you know, led the NESCAC in scoring her sophomore year, yeah. um, is back as a junior this year. So took that year entirely off. So those two did make that decision. Like you said, it's not, you know, you hear a lot of people say like, Oh, you know, you, everyone's getting a year back and it's just not that simple. Um, you know, especially at this level and at these schools. So, um, everyone else on our squad, yeah, we'll sort of, 
uh, matriculate the way they were intended to, but um, those two women did make a different decision, um, which, which is, which it does make a, a big impact for us. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised your roster comes from all over the country, though. I do see a lot of the, of the new England prep schools in mm-hmm. here mixed in with a lot of the high schools, um, including from Maine is is there a particular um, student that you guys are looking for, or is it a diverse group? Uh, both. Okay. Um, I think, you know, since I took over here, it's been a huge focus for me to diversify our roster in every way. I just think it makes our program and our team um, better, um, again, in, in many senses. Um, there's no, like, cookie-cutter um, you know, student athlete that I'm looking for, obviously there's obvious things um, to sort of meet the demands and to, to be able to, to be admitted in a, in a school like ours. But I think in building our program, I've just been really focused on um, women who are the right fit for our program, who choose Bates as number one, who are not um, sort of deferring to us behind other programs that um, may have been more desirable at the time, just given level of competition, but women who are so invested in where we were at, um, at the time. And I think honestly, one of the coolest things about our win at Bowdoin was one of the first, like, I felt so happy for the women in our locker room, but I felt equally uh, excited for the women who um, are alums of our program, who put in so much, um, made a ton of sacrifices, believed in what we were building and what we were doing, um, but aren't here to sort of reap the benefit of a win like that. Obviously they are, as our alums, but they weren't in that locker room for us. So I think we've just been really focused on recruiting women like that who are who are up for the challenge of where we've been and, and where we're trying to go. Um, so yeah, and in that, just trying to trying to sort of draw on women from all over the country for sure. You're led, not surprisingly, by Megan Graff, uh, 15.7 yeah. uh, points a game. Brianna uh, Gataletta? Gataletta? Yes, yep. I probably overthought it the first time. 13 points a game. <laughs> And Morgan Kennedy, we're going to call her 10 points a game. She's at 9.9. But you've yeah. got a lot. I mean, first off, you're going deep in the bench. Mm-hmm. And second, you've got a lot who are contributing. This this feels like maybe a team that's that's got something special in it. If, if you're at this point in the season, you're already that deep in the bench with significant minutes and significant scoring. I think you're so right. That's been something I've been striving for to really get us at the level um, that I want us to be at and, and to get at the, get at the level, you know, at a high level, like to beat a team like Bowdoin to be able to compete um, for a conference championships, to be able to compete in the NCAA tournament. Like you gotta, you gotta rely on, um, you know, more than a handful of people. And that has made such a difference for us this year. Um, It's been really fun and exciting. And, And like you said, yeah, to, to sort of go that deep already and, um, it, you know, it makes a huge difference. And I think we have a real balance as well of, um, some great leaders and some great veterans. Um, we've been relying the last couple of years, um, on some talent that has been, you know, made of underclassmen women. So it's nice, it's nice to have that balance of some young talent, um, and some women who are kind of coming in and riding the coattails of our upper class, upper class leaders. So I think that's making a big difference for us too. You personally have had an interesting road yourself. First off, started at Bangor High up in a little further up in the state. Um, you're a class A. We don't my group in Maine, we don't we don't talk about class A. They're they're above us. Us are class C, class D peeps. Uh, and Bangor is also basically the last point we see civilization before they get to my parents' mm-hmm. house. Um, but you were one of three players to score a thousand points there. You then went off to college. 
you went to Bowdoin, of course. Um, and so that win has got a little bit of an other angle to that because you also, if I'm not mistaken, coached at Bowdoin under, under Stephanie Pemper. Um, and then interestingly enough, you followed her to the Naval Academy where I've gotten involved as well a little bit, which is kind of strange. I half expected to see Stephanie on your roster as an assistant coach after she got let go by the Naval Academy uh, after the 2019-2020 season. Um, and there's all kinds of D3 assistant coaches, by the way, who go through the Naval Academy. They're chock-a-block of them right now in their women's program. There is four assistant coaches, and they have all have D3 roots of some kind. Yeah. Um, and now you're now you're here at Bates and, of course, the win over Bone. You, you kind of had this very circuitous route. It, it, can you give me a little bit of a sense of what the life of the travels of of Allison Montgomery has been like up until this point? Yeah, I, that's funny mentioning uh, the Bangor roots. I actually did grow up in a small town and should have gone to a class C school. Which but, town? Um, Stockton Springs, Maine. Okay. It would have been Searsport High School. Oh, Searsport. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, would have been classy. So um, I was a fish out of water for for a hot second there when I moved up to the big city of Bangor. Um, <laughs> big, hold on, folks. Big yeah, city of Bangor. Big city of Bangor. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know. And then as a as a high school athlete, sort of my one the one thing I was really sure about in terms of going to college was I was not staying in Maine. Um, sure. And so here we are. I went to Bowdoin. Um, well, that's you know, Northern just, Massachusetts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I had like just so lucky to have the experience I had there, um, just, uh, to be a part of a program that won a lot of games. Um, it was a lot of fun and obviously had, um, Steph Pemper as a mentor and as a coach. And as you said, sort of followed her around about, about a bit. And the, and the cool thing is she was actually in the gym last Wednesday when we got that win against oh, wow. it was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. That's a twist. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a funny moment for me, but I think, you know, when I started my coaching career at Bowdoin, um, after I graduated from Bowdoin, I, I had no intention of being a coach, but, um, a couple years out just really, really missed the ability to compete, just the opportunity to compete. And just, I'm all about culture creation and, um, just sort of team. And so I really missed those dynamics and thought, um, like when Adrian Scheibels got the job at Bowdoin, I had known her, um, we had some sort of connections from the past. She's also from a small town in Maine. And so I thought like, let's give it a go. And, you know, fell in love and didn't look back from there and had that, op- I, I thought I would sort of always be at the D3 level, but then had that opportunity to work with stuff um, at Navy, which, you know, Navy is a unique niche because it obviously is division one athletics, but it still sort of has a D3 feel in terms of the experience of the students there and the many demands on them and sort of not, um, being exclusively defined as an athlete. So, um, yeah. And then here I am back in Maine. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people ask me about the experience of being at Bates after being a Bowdoin alum, and it's actually not strange for me. And it didn't, it, there's really no sort of added gratification of getting that win on Wednesday for that reason. Um, I'm just, I'm so sort of focused and present with the group um, that I have and sort of my, my journey here at beat. So, um, it, it's just more about like, be, like being, beating a good team and finally sort of, um, having that sort of accomplishment, but yeah, it has been, it has been a fun ride. What drew you to Bates? Um, I think I just really, 
the timing of, I really wanted to be a head coach. I was ready to take on that challenge, had been um, an assistant for, you know, quite a few years and was ready to take on that challenge. I sort of personally aligned with where I was at as well, started a family, um, was expecting my second child when I was at Navy and sort of my husband and I are both from me. And so the sort of professional and personal world came together there. Um, but I think, and I saw a real opportunity at Bates. It's, it's a really huge challenge to, you know, to build or rebuild a program. Um, but was really excited to have that challenge. Um, I hadn't sort of been a part of that type of process um, as a player at, or as an assistant coach. I had sort of been a part of programs that were pretty well established and on their way to success. Um, and so I was excited for that challenge. And it has been a challenge and it has been a journey, but I think um, has made me just a better person and better coach. So it's been um, it's been great. And I think Bates is a great fit for me. Not to belabor the pandemic, but how is the pandemic experience that you guys all went through in terms of just, I mean, students maybe not on campus and all that stuff. How, how did that shape you guys as a coaching staff and, and the program? It's been an awesome opportunity to sort of put our money where our mouth is because a huge sort of theme of what we talk about in our program is embracing the hard and embracing the adversity and sort of, um, understanding that anything good that you're working towards is, is really hard. Um, so that, that sort of, we took it to another level last year, um, just in terms of, um, yeah, like the patience we had to have the vision we had to have, um, we had to still commit to sort of working towards the same goal. Um, but with a whole lot more uncertainty, mixed in. And I just think the pandemic for me has, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in every single day that we live, but we haven't thought about it with so much presence as we've had to this past year. So I think, you know, we've also talked a ton in our program about perspective, um, you know, before sort of the experience of the pandemic. So it, you know, it, it sheds a whole, a whole lot of light on sort of just having perspective and being present and um, taking advantage of every moment and every opportunity you have. So um, and I know it challenged me personally and professionally, I, like I, I did so many others and, um, I did the same thing for our program, but I'd like to believe that here on December, what are we? Fifth, sixth, sixth something. um, that it's made us all better for it. So, um, and we're just, it makes us more grateful. Sure. Um, speaking of Bangor, you're going to be heading back, uh, Husson yeah. coming up in a week, uh, that game at their place. Then you guys get the holidays off. You had a WPI for a tournament in, involving WPI as well. Um, other side of New England or New England New Year's, uh, you dabble a little bit more with the conference and non-conference play. You got Colby coming up in a non-conference yes. game, Wheaton yeah. Mass, and then you'll get into conference play with some other games sprinkled in as well on top of that. what What's the ultimate goal here this season? Mm. Our ultimate goal is to compete for a championship. Like yeah. we – we are using that word um, carefully often. Oh, okay. With that, we. I mean, it's 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 my constant way to sort of hold our team accountable in terms of what level we are showing up at. You know, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, championship level team and mentality, right? And I know you know, winning a championship in the NESCAC is like, you know, many people would tell you it's, it's almost the road to an NCAA championship is yeah almost a little easier. <laughs> yeah, so maybe. Make, uh, but, but, you know, I just think championship level sort of commitment mentality, um, 
And I just, that's, that's where we're at. That's actually our, um, the NSN broadcaster before the voting game came and spoke to me about pronunciations. And he said, so, so coach, where do you expect to be this year? Sort of middle of the NESCAC, bottom of the NESCAC, top of the NESCAC. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a buzz after this game, sir. Um, but I just think, yeah, we expect to compete in every single game. We have a chance to win every single game and we, and we expect to win. And um, these women have done, have put themselves in the position um, to be there. And, and that's my expectation. So um, I have, I am not at all naive about how challenging it is um, to just win on a daily basis, no matter who you're facing or um, if you're sort of trying to be your best at practice on a given day. So it's extremely challenging, but um, those are our expectations for the season. No, it seems reasonable. It makes sense. Uh, and a win over Bowden and a near win, let's call it a near win over Amherst, um, isn't a bad way to get things started um, at all. But by the way, receiving votes in the top 25 is not bad either. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be in it. I know. I know, but steps, right? Steps? No, no, no. I'm not even sort of my more my reaction is more like, eh, like awards, top yeah. 25 votes, like those things. I'm not, you know what I mean? We, we just have to, you know, we had one win over a great team and that's great. But like, right. we just, you know, there's so many steps ahead of us and um, build off of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes total sense. Really yeah. appreciate the time. Thanks for the chat. Great to have you on. Sorry. It's taken so long. Oh, um, no problem. We've probably Thanks been for- walking around the same buildings more times than we realized. Uh, I, I was kind of looking back at when you were at Navy and I went, we might have been on the same floor at the same time. Didn't even yeah, realize yeah, yeah. it. So um, yeah. But no, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way. Uh, enjoy the main winters and do me a favor. Next big storm, make sure you go to Jason Fine and tell him Dave says hi. Absolutely. Please. I Absolutely. love it. I love when snow falls. It drives him nuts. He loves Maine winters. Does he? he? Loves it. Uh-huh. <laughs> if anyone's not picking up on our sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> Coach, we have a tradition on the show. We always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? Um, yeah, I think just sort of what I spoke to before, just like perspective, presence. I know I give myself daily personal reminders. Um, I think in all things that we're confronting, I think um, each day can sort of present us with challenges, but to sort of be grateful and just present and um to hold on to perspective every day i hopefully this this um just the challenge of this past i don't know going on two years now has um allowed that to be a little more possible for everybody to grasp so um hopefully we can all do that and and uh just be you know be that much be that much more grateful for each day that we have in doing what we love well said well said indeed like I said, good luck the rest of the way. Safe travels on the main roads. And we'll look forward to chatting with you down thanks the road so much, sometime. Dave. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Absolutely. Allison Montgomery joining us from Bates again. Tremendous start to the season for him. Just one loss, and it's a six-point loss to, to uh, Amherst. Um, the main win, the win over Maine, Farmington, and Thomas rather handily. But since then, 10-point win over Southern Maine. Uh, an easy win over Maine Maritime. A four-point win over Bowdoin. Um, an easy one over Clark, but you know, Husson and WPI will give them some, I think some good games. Watch out for the Bobcats. I, I think they're a team we should be keeping an eye on, uh, the rest of the season. Uh, something just tells me and that's going to be a good one. Um, just double checking, by the way, Nichols did come back to win that, um, win that game against Trinity. So that's a big win. Nichols, I was looking at them for a top 25. 
Um, and by the way, the men's poll is now out. I'll tweet that in the meantime. We'll take a look at that in a moment. Um, but let's oh, where did I just lost it. They won 85-82. They were um, they were down three with a minute left in regulation. I don't know if I, I I'm going to be curious how Nichols is. I'm really going to be fascinated to see how that turns out. Uh, not sure what to make of that. But good good start for Nichols. We'll see how it plays out, as I say. Uh, we're still keeping an eye on, on Babson, who's playing a game that doesn't count against Harvard. Um, the game is commemorating the 30th anniversary of Babson's 180 win over Harvard back in 1991. Then why would Harvard invite them in? Why would you commemorate that? Uh, I just saw this on, uh, sorry, Travis is happy to see St. Lawrence women receive votes. Uh, their head coach recruited a great junior and senior class that has gotten better every year. Agreed, Travis. We'll probably be getting them on the show soon. Looks like they're having a tremendous season. All right. We will uh, take another break. When we come back, we will break down. We'll start looking at the uh, men's top 25. And Bob Bob Coleman. That's a mixture of names. Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott will join us. Um to talk about that top 25, maybe give us their dubious picks, uh, their deep dive team maybe, and maybe debate a team that they, they find debatable. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC studios. We're going to take a break when we come back. Bob and Ryan, join me. You're listening to Hoops Hope, back with more after this. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The college basketball experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How wouldn't change it for the world. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports.
It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. We're, as we roll along here on this Monday, special Monday show, thanks everybody for uh, allowing me to not go on the air Sunday. I got home thoroughly exhausted. Six awesome games at the soccer championships, which is great. Keeps you engaged. The only problem is it wears you out faster. Um, great games. Congratulations again, the Christopher Newport Women's Soccer Program. First championship in their program's history. I think second team at Christopher Newport to win one. First one to do it in a tournament style. The other one was track and field. Uh, and they've won multiple, I believe. Off the top of my head, I'm sure Rob can correct me. And uh, congratulations to the Connecticut College Camels, who won their the, the school's first ever national championship in any sport. The last time they got to a championship weekend and the only other time they got to a championship weekend, 1999. Most people, as I said at the beginning of the show, remember that for the Hampton-Sydney uh, Plattenville game in the finals. Well, Con College came in number one into that final four. Uh, interesting enough, my broadcast partner, Ira Thor, also called the game as a senior uh, at William Patterson because they were there too. Um, I was actually surprised Connecticut College allowed them in the building considering the previous outcome. But they did, and Connecticut College won, so it worked out for the best. It was an all-NESCAC final. They defeated Amherst. Amherst has now lost two all-NESCAC finals in a row. Um, that's got to sting a little bit. Now back to, to, to what we really talk about here, and that is, of, of course, basketball. The new top 25 is out in both men's and women's. We talked about the women's earlier. The men's is just out, and let's keep it fresh. Joining us on the Blue Frame Hoopsville hotline, it is our, our dubious duo to make it a double down, double take, whatever you want to call it for the top 25, Bob Quillman. And uh, Ryan Scott joined us. We hope we keep Ryan here. We know a storm front is rolling through as we speak. We'll know it's over when he looks for his sweater as it gets really chilly there afterward. Guys, thanks for taking the time. Uh, we obviously talked while I was out in California, and I appreciated that as well. I'm a little bit more up to speed than I was then, so that's the good news. Uh, first and foremost, Ryan, we'll start with you. Your, your initial reactions to a top 25 that not surprisingly has Yeshiva still number one. But as uh, Bob noticed and I noticed, Illinois Wesleyan's a one point out of second place right now. Uh, they're in third. But, Ryan, your, your reactions to the poll? Yeah, I mean, it, it 
seems relatively predictable, right? That uh, lacrosse lost Oshkosh. They kind of swapped places. Um, Randolph-Macon really took care of business against Roanoke. So maybe that's where those couple of points come from to flip them back up on top. Um, and then down at the bottom, you're starting to, to see some teams pop in. A team like a Williams that had a really big win over Wesley and the one that dropped out this week. Um, we six or seven teams to really be able to rank this, but we're, we're getting there. We're, we're certainly better off than we were last week. Yeah, interestingly enough, Wesley and Williams literally just switched places uh, in the poll. Um, I said earlier, I'm not voting for an SCAC team yet. We can talk more about that later. Uh, Bob, your, your thoughts on what you're seeing so far. I think the top is really rock solid. I I think that group of the top six or so, that's a really solid group of teams. I think Randolph Macon and Illinois Wesleyan are probably kind of battling for some of those votes of the voters that like the, the quote, good wins. You know, they both have a bunch. Um, Yeshiva is its own story. We know all about the Max and, and the role that they're on in the streak. I'm also not surprised. I voted for Williams this week and, and did not the week before. You know, down at the bottom of the ballot for me, um, obviously, is where things got a little tough, you know, figuring out 22 to 25. So I was pretty interested to see what everyone else came up with. And uh, all, all in all, I, I think no surprises here really with what I'm looking at. Yeah, a lot of teams getting votes, we should point out. Um, Nichols, who got a come-from-behind win against Trinity tonight, has one vote, which means somebody's got them in 25th. Um, They're undefeated, so that just jumps out at me. Mary Washington's getting a vote. That jumps out at me. Uh, Wartburg's getting two. It's this guy right here. Uh, I got him in 24. Um, But it's interesting, you know, yeah, we can we can dive into this further if we need to. Wesleyan fell out; they're technically in the twenty-sixth spot, and, and you know, the first one getting re- votes. Uh, I, I'll admit, I actually expected the pack from Pat to be thicker than this. I thought I thought there'd be more teams listed on it, and that's not a knock on Pat. It's just there's all that all kinds of results out there that warrant all kinds of teams to be looked at. Yeah, although what we well, at least for me, when I kind of narrowed it down to the teams that I thought on my list that didn't get a vote this week. So somebody is voting for every team I think is worthy of getting a vote, um, save one, which I'm saving for my deep dive later on. So nice. Um, well, well, yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're starting to get consensus. Yeah. Bob, any other initial gut shot reactions to this poll, to this poll this week? Obviously, as you get deeper into the season, you know, here we are in the the first week, second week of December, we start to get a little clarity. And there's been so many great matchups of ranked team versus ranked team. And that is starting to sort things out. You know, you had Elmhurst play Wheaton. You had Randolph-Macon play Roanoke. You had Oshkosh play lacrosse. You had Platteville play lacrosse, just to name a, a few of those that have been happening in the last week or so. And that is starting to help narrow this down to something that's a little more clear. Interesting question we'll get to later. Uh, one one guy wants to know if we think Maine Farmington should get voted. And we can, we'll get to his email later. I find it inter- an interesting question. I, and, and I already have my reaction after looking at him. But we'll get to that. So normally in a week, we'll have you guys on a Sunday before the poll comes out. We could argue whether that's fair or not. Um, in the sense that, you know, we talk about some topics before everybody votes. But I, I find it cathartic 
because it helps kind of get me focused on what, how I want to vote. We're obviously reacting to a poll that just came out. We may get you on Sunday. We haven't decided Sunday's show yet. We may get you on Sunday and ask for a whole new selection of teams, or we'll just have some fun chit-chatting about mid-December games. But we usually have a dubious team, a debatable team, and a deep-dive team. A deep-dive team is basically a team that uh, we think deserves some consideration, even if we're not voting for them ourselves, but a team that might be on the radar that maybe should, should garner a little bit more of a look, even if it's for ourselves to look at. A dubious team is one we think is on the flip side of that. Maybe they're a little too high. Yeshiva was a favorite punching bag of this one uh, two seasons ago, uh, but we certainly find our, our topics there. And then a debatable one is just that. It's a debatable team. Who, who do we think, um, you know, are they in the right spot? Are they not? Whatever. The debatable is kind of a free-for-all, a little bit open. I don't know who wants to start here and which topic. I'll leave it up to you guys. Do you want to start with deep dive, debatable, or dubious, and who wants to take the first shot at that? Uh, I want to hear Ryan's deep dive because he I think it. he's got something good ready. Yeah, it seems that <laughs> way, doesn't it? And, you know, about three seasons ago, the Yeshiva Max came out of the deep dive Ryan category. Whoa. So I, I want to know who the next Yeshiva is. So I want to start there with Ryan. <laughs> well, the I problem is it's not going to be an unfamiliar face for any of us. Um, the team, I think, that I... I nobody voted for this week. I feel like should have is North Central, the North Central Cardinals. Um, you know they're they're in a conference, the CCIW, that's really strong. Yeah, Wheaton and Elmhurst and Illinois Wesleyan up there. Um, North Central brought back more than I had been aware of, and they've really been playing. They had a couple of close games early on, but they seem to have settled into what this new rotation is going to look like. And they the last two wins. Have have really been dominating performances, and I'm I'm excited to see what they do as they get into conference play. But that's you know a uh, a fourth team in the CCIW that we need to be on the lookout for. And you know I'll just chime in on North Central. They they did return a ton from last year, including Blaze Meredith and Matt Helwig, and then they had the addition of uh, Matt Helwig's brother Ethan from a Division two school. And you you look at that roster on the the floor, Ryan, and they're very athletic. They can score it. They're, they're very dangerous, and, and so I, I think that's a good one. I was expecting a school I had never heard of before from you, but I certainly agree. My, my deep dive team, and I don't know how – I don't think I'm going very deep here at all. It's just that they're not getting many votes. I'd have to look at how many they got. It's Hanover. Hanover's 5-0 and right now. They've got a win uh, at Wabash. They've got a home win against Wittenberg and a home win over Anderson. And I haven't been able to quite pull the trigger – on, on Hanover yet, but to me, they're a team that's playing very well. I've watched them play, impressed with them, and I'm really watching them very closely. I think Hanover could be in the conversation. And that was the sleeper everybody was kind of talking about when I was out at Marietta for the Great Lakes Invitational. All those guys from the area who know, they said, you know, we, we're not sure what Hanover's going to be, but they've got something going on there. That's a team to watch, so... Uh, by the way, quick score update in a game that doesn't count for Baps, and they now trail Harvard 67-56 with about three minutes left. Crimson went on a 13-2 run. So it's been nice so far. Um, but, uh, again, a game that doesn't count. But, it's I mean, just fun to keep track of that one. All right, so my deep dive team is one who is getting votes, but I count for 16 of their 19 votes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I count, I count for a whole chunk of them, but I don't know why they're not on the radar sooner. Now, I yelled at their coach via text message for lying to me at the start of the season, telling me he had nothing, and he clearly has something. I'm just going to give you a resume, and then I'm going to reveal their team. They lost to Eau Claire by 14 to start the season. They Jeez. then beat St. John Fisher handily by 15. They beat Denison by 10. They beat LaRoche by 6. They beat Teal. Well, it wasn't close. They beat Otterbein by 11. They beat Hamilton, who's supposed to be a good team this year, by 10. They they beat John Carroll 111-82, and they just got done beating Adrian 98-90. So their one loss is to Eau Claire, and the coach says it's his fault. I like Case Western Reserve right now. I do too, and I almost put them 25th in the poll. The struggle for me with Case is that they lost to Eau Claire. Yeah. And at this at this point, we don't have a lot of data, right? So one right. game is big. They lost to Eau Claire. Eau Claire's another team that almost ended up here in my like deep dive area. Eau Claire is one loss away for me. They lost that game to St. Norbert, which I don't think they should have. Agreed. Otherwise, so to me, Case is behind Eau Claire, and I don't have Eau Claire in. So that's what's keeping Case out for me. I can understand that. Yeah, I, I, it's it. Go ahead. It's consistency. That's been their issue the last few years. They've had really talented teams there. Um, but it's some of these, you know, some of those scores that you mentioned are wins are a little closer than they probably should have been. And then that really hurts them when they get into UAA play because they end up dropping games they shouldn't and and dropping down the rankings. But, you know, they've got all the talent in the world there. They've got a lot of experience, and I sure hope they do well because that's a team that's awfully fun to watch. Mitch Prendergrass, who's a graduate student for them, averaging 18 points a game right now, shooting 53% from the floor. Um also, uh, Junior Cole Frilling at 13.5, Ryan New- Newton at 10 points, and then Robert Fowler, a senior, at 10 points. And then Griffin uh, Griffin uh, Corniker, you've probably heard of that name before, maybe, possibly. Might have remembered him at Middlebury. He's averaging eight points a game, but his assist numbers are 7.2 per contest. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah you know, he, I, he really found a place to thrive there in their system. And, yeah. And, and, and I'm and listen, I wasn't sure he would. And I'm glad to see it's working. Um, they've got Kalamazoo coming up on the 17th. Then they hit the holiday break. They come back. They got Hilbert. Then they get into conference play. So it's going to probably take some time yeah. before voters buy in. I'm fully aware of that. Todd right now is throwing things at his computer. He doesn't want me talking about them. I am quite sure. But guess what? I just did. Um, the no, UAA I voted for him great. last week and I moved him up. Yeah, the UAA is awesome this year. If you look at their the, the top five in the UAA right now is just really, really strong and competitive. I'm going to leave someone out, but you got WashU, you got Emory, you got Brandeis, you got Rochester, you have Case. And then, you know, at some point, Chicago is going to start to settle in. Carnegie Mellon's going to start to settle in. NYU, um, really deep UAA this season. Yeah, the women looks interesting, too. I'll, I'll state for the record, NYU off to a tremendous start and spanked Wesleyan the other day in women's basketball. All right, so there's our deep dive. Um, Bob, uh, you, you chose that one. Ryan, you choose the next one. Dubious or debatable? So it, it hurts me um, because the deep dive before Yeshiva, I don't know if you all remember, uh, way back six years ago was Swathmore. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. People did not believe in Swarthmore until they made that final game. And sure. I love those guys, and they're close by, and I love the way they play. But the results so far this season have have not been been great. 
They had yeah. the one loss, um, which just the worst performance I've seen that team put out in several years. But, you know, they're, the consistency is what has always been great for them. But part of that is, is they've let teams hang around and they've had the talent to, to keep those six point leads forever and just win a lot of games by six points. And that's, that's not going to hold up forever. And especially with some of the inexperience that they've got uh, in there now. And um, obviously they can shape up, they can get to be a much better team, but um, right now it, it's hard to, to say they're even top 25. And I'm I'm glad that that Ryan has Swarthmore in his uh, debatable. Was that dubious or debatable? That, that was, was debatable. that was my dubious. That was dubious. Yeah, that was dubious. I, I feel better dubious. now because I dropped Swarthmore out of my ballot this week. That was a very tough decision for the same reasons. Is when you don't have a strong schedule and then you lose a game, there's not much weighing you down here in the poll. Like they lost that game to Widener, and you look at the rest of the schedule and what do you hang your hat on? Scranton Newman. Um, Muhlenberg, Haverford, Dickinson, their non-conference schedule just isn't incredibly strong. And if you're going to do that, you've, you've got to keep it rolling. It's kind of like Yeshiva. The, the thing about Yeshiva, they have a really weak schedule, but they're beating the daylights out of everybody. And that's what's keeping them right where they are. Um, I'm, I'm in the same place on, on Swarthmore. And my, my dubious, Dave, um, is trying Trine's a team that I am not quite sure what to make of at this point. I was very high on them in the preseason. And the interesting thing about how these poll dynamics work is that they're kind of tied to Mount Union for me. And when Mount Union got smacked by Heidelberg and the fact that Trine lost to Mount Union, they're like sliding like this down my ballot. I feel sure. like I can't rank Trine. I don't feel comfortable ranking Trine ahead of Mount Union. So as Mount Union goes, so goes Trine. And I think I had Trine all the way down at like 22 or 23, somewhere in there. They barely beat Baldwin Wallace. They beat him at the buzzer. I understand Baldwin Wallace is a good team. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I really like watching Trine and they have a fantastic all-American caliber player, Nick Bowman. But so far, I just don't know what to do with them. I'm still voting for them, but I'm dubious on them, Dave. I, I, I'll give you that. Um, Trine has been a question mark for me. Um, I currently have them in the 14 hole, and I think they just kind of rose there. And, and by the way, Mount Union's right there lockstep with them. I, I, I've got kind of the same mentality you do. Where goes one, where goes the other? Um, I, I don't love them there. I feel like it's a nervous balloon waiting to pop. Um, by the way, Swarthmore, I've got sitting down in the 22nd hole. I don't like their schedule either. I thought about removing them. I haven't. So I kind of agree with you guys on those two. Uh, I'm, I'm voting for them, but I'm not comfortable. My dubious, I kind of debated between two. And I'll quickly say one of them just to say why I had them there. But I'm going to jump on the other one. The first one was Marietta as being a number 10 team. I don't have them that high. I know they're good, but those two losses just kind of weird me out a little bit. Um, Roanoke is a good team. No problem there, but it was nine points. Randolph-Macon, good team, eight points. I get that, but I, I guess maybe I'm expecting more, and maybe I shouldn't be. So I'm, I'm nervous about Marietta, and maybe it's just me. But that's why I didn't want to la- hang on them. My dubious team is actually Wash U, and I bring it up, Bob, because of something you said today that I thought was interesting. Their one loss is a 12-point loss to one loss or one win Webster. 
That is a horrible loss. Terrible. Now l- let me jump in on well, this hold one on. because I'm, I'm hold with on. you. Because I'm, I'm, I heard I'm you make you. a hold on. I heard you make a comment about Hendricks today, and I said something earlier. In the sh- I think it was you who said something about Hendricks. It could be wrong about their win over a good Hendricks team, and I'm worried it maybe Hendricks isn't as good as we think they are. So I'm a little nervous about WashU. I'm voting for them, but they're in that 20 to 25 hole for me, and I had them out. Now they're in, but I feel like they're getting maybe too much love. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading them wrong. I'm I'm on the I'm driving the Wash U bandwagon right now. Let me and let me explain myself. Is first of all, Hendricks I did not say was a great team. Okay, Hendricks then I miss Hendricks. Yeah, Hendricks is a good team. What I said is the way Wash U played against Hendricks. Okay. If you, here's the deal, and and whether this is right or wrong, I am giving Wash U two mulligans. They didn't play last year. Now okay. the, the, people can criticize us. They didn't play oh, last sure, year. Sure. I'm giving a mulligan for the Milliken game, which Jack Nolan hit a buzzer beater to win. Um, although Milliken all of a sudden has become better. Milliken beat Augustana by like 26 points the other day. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give him a, a, a mulligan for the Webster game where they looked horrendous. The Bears looked terrible. Now, yeah, here's one deal. of the worst losses I've seen in years. But they come back five days later and they beat Webster, the same team by like 30. Yeah. Then they roll over Dubuque. They beat Rhodes. They beat Hendricks. They beat St. Thomas. And most importantly, this is where I think the eye test comes in in a subjective poll. It's so important is if, if you just say, if you say, I'm going to just give them a pass for that first week, Webster and, and Milliken, Dave, they have looked as good as any team in division three since then. They have two six ten uh, centers that, that, that split 50 minutes who are really skilled and good six ten guys. They have a top three player in division three and Jack Nolan. Justin Hardy, who's a 6'5 stud, and Hayden Doyle is a really good freshman, and a bunch of other guys that get in there. I'm just looking at the Wash U I've seen during the six-game winning streak, and I believe they are – They're. A, I had them maybe eight in my ballot, and I think they could be legitimately as high as 5'6". That's just based on what I'm seeing. I could get burned to be wrong. So I, I would agree that I, I think they'll get there. Right, this team has all the makings of being a top five team. Um, for me, though, I want to see it first. I'm not willing to. I, I I did jump them up quite a bit initially, yeah. And then I've kind of lowered them back down, and I think I have them at 23 right now because it's a long season and they've got plenty of opportunities to prove themselves. Um, I missed them this last weekend when you said they look so great. I did watch a couple of games earlier in the season where they looked very one-dimensional and they looked like they were lost. And again, I have no doubts that program will get back to where they need to be in time to, to make a real difference, but I'm going to wait till I see it. Um, I feel like we owe that to the teams that really are proving it on the court right now um, to give the recognition where it's due. Yeah, I, I would agree. The only thing you, you Bob mentioned the St. Thomas game, the only thing that actually I see that and I look at that and I get worried because they put 80 on Hendricks at home, but they only beat St. Thomas of Texas 59-51 at home. If WashU is that good, and don't get me wrong, I know St. Thomas of Texas is one of those teams that once they're a full member of D3, I think is going to be a full conversation for us. I think they're going to be, at least it seems, we'll see You know if this continues, they seem like they're going to be a strong team in Texas that's going to add to this Texas conversation, which we'll talk about in a minute because we got a mm-hmm. question on the twi- Twitter boards about it. But if you're putting up 80 on Hendricks, I'm a little concerned you're only putting up 59 on St. Thomas. Again, maybe I'm misreading them. But Different I, pace, I, though. Yeah, different kind of game, different pace, different. 
I just think I look at them and again, I realize I'm voting them higher than, than the resume would dictate because of how bad the Webster loss is. It's a horrendous loss, but I mean, I'm just looking at, I don't know how many teams in division three can match up with, with them at the five, let, let alone then trying to match up at the five and double down with the six ten guys and deal with Jack Nolan and, and Hardy and Doyle. So, you know, I could end up being wrong. I mean, they could lose to Fontbonne Wednesday and, and, and there's the end of that bubble, but um, look, uh, Illinois Wesleyan and Wash U play three days after that Fontbonne game. And we're, we're going to find out yeah, soon enough. No, that'd be helpful. I will, I will mention, I watched the uh, St. Thomas, Hendricks game and that St. Thomas team is a bunch of big tough dudes like I I think it's gonna be hard to score a lot of points on those guys whether they're hitting buckets or not they're gonna make everybody work physical (laughs) uh debatable I don't know where to go with this I'm I'll I'll be more I got it I'm gonna throw it it out on the table here all right uh and I'll part of this is a mea culpa for me all right um Mary Harden Baylor we need to talk about okay right so these guys have incredible PR, right? We hear about every recruit they get. We hear about every transfer they have coming in. They've got Josiah Johnson, who's one of the best players around. And this year, because of the transfer, he's not even the best player on their team. Um, <laughs> you know, they are strong, but they have played, what, one D3 game so far? Two? They played two. Four. Okay. Four total. Um, and, and, um, I went back and looked at my end of season poll last year, and I don't know where my memory went over the summer, but I had them near the bottom of the top 15 that we did. And I went back to look at some of those games and there was some real inconsistencies there that you'd see the flashes of brilliance, but they weren't maintaining it for 40 minutes in the way that you want a top 10 team to do. And so I will confess in the preseason this year, I had them in the top 10. I think I had them 10th or 11th. And now in recognizing they're not playing D3 teams, there may be a little, a little hype machine going on there. I want them to earn this. And, and that's what I want to throw out there. What are you guys making of this very talented team that just we haven't seen enough of yet? Uh, I'm in the same place. They, they so have, they're, they're in this, um, I don't know, we need a term for this. When you, ha- when you rank a team high in the preseason and they just sort of stay stuck there because you have, no, you have nothing else to do with them. So they're sitting at 11. And, and I, I've watched them and I believe they're, they're very good. Um, if, if not a great team, but I don't know why we'll have to ask Cliff this. Why are they playing Houston Tillotson and Arlington Baptist? I mean, I don't know. I guess they're having trouble scheduling games, but you know, I guess I can, if you want to make an argument for Calvin and hope playing Aquinas and Cornerstone, because they just always have whatever. I disagree and think it's stupid that they're playing those NAIs. But, I agree too. I don't know why Mary Harden Baylor would play those games. And I don't think we should have to reward them for wasting two games. And they've only played Southwestern and Ozarks in division three. And, and Southwestern so, was yeah. an overtime game. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Mary Harden Baylor is a really good team, but I can't prove it. And they're just floating in an uncomfortable place on my ballot right now. Yeah. The only thing same I can think, and we may have to, check with cliff on this is i wonder because they put a 25 game schedule together last year if they got stuck in some home and homes with those non-d3 teams probably that they had to pay back this year that's the only thing i could think that because cliff knows cliff knows how this system works and he was stuck at sol ross out there they scheduled really well and they made sure they got their yeah. non-conference games if that's in. So what I, happened it feels like there's something if that's what happened 
I'm shocked because in a pandemic year, I don't think anything should have been a home and home guarantee, but I have them high. I admit I put them in and three times asked myself why I had them there with an overtime win over Southwestern with two games that aren't going to even count when we're talking at any point in time. I, I freely admit this probably should have been when I pulled them a little bit lower. I had good reason to move other teams ahead of them and maybe it'll come next week. I, I'm, it's a good debate. I, I had the same feeling you did, Ryan. What you said was that what's in my head. They feel like they're a good team. They feel like they're going to play well. Having them at the bottom of our top 15, I don't think, is the worst thing in the world. We have to remember it's 15 teams, not 25. It's a different convo point. Um, I, But I'm not thrilled with how they start. Now, we're going to see them in Vegas. Um, if I'm not mistaken, hold on. I want to double check who the, who they're playing because I can't. They're playing the banana slugs, aren't they? Or no, uh, that's Chicago is. I can't I remember if they are. Um, sorry, I'm getting used to the region, so it takes me a little extra time to get to it. I think team. it's Maryville, Tennessee, that's playing the banana slugs, right? Um, yeah, I think Maryville and Chicago. Um, yeah, they're playing Pacific Lutheran and they're playing St. Mary's, Minnesota. St. Mary's will be I a like decent Saint Mary's, game. Minnesota. I, yeah, I, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, and I think Pac Lou will give them a good run too. So those are actually two games that we'll we'll get a good. But unfortunately, we got to wait till then. Um, because they don't have anything in between it necessarily outside of some conference games. So, by the way, they – where are they in the poll? There they are. They're sitting nine, and they're they're up from 11, which is interesting because and- I, I left them where they were. I can't I – I don't know why anybody would raise them up. Now, you could also go into the conversation that Roanoke's down from nine to 11, and I'm a little – I'm frustrated with those who punish teams for losing to teams they have ranked ahead of them, but I'll – you know, on that one, Dave, I heard you say that in your open. And the only thing about that is, for me, if you're the home team, and what what were the mm-hmm. rankings when that game happened? Was it three versus what was Roanoke? Nine. Were nine. To me, three versus nine. Nine's the home team. Nine needs to win that game. See, I don't and see I, it that way. I, I do. I, I feel like you, you have to win your home games. And I did the same with lacrosse. Like, you could argue that lacrosse lost to Oshkosh and Platteville. Those two teams are ranked higher. Both games were at lacrosse, and you gotta you gotta win at least one of those home games. And yeah, I just I see that point. I see if that you're point. You're a great team. Yeah, if I, you're like a top ten team, if you're Roanoke, you gotta find a way to to, to beat Randolph Macon, even if they're one, two, or three. That's just how I look at that. No, I get that point. My only thinking is, if I think Randolph Macon is better than Roanoke, and I've got them better in my case, I had them better by nine slots then no, I don't think that's going to be a win, even if it is at Roanoke. I had a much closer. I would agree with that. If it's yeah. like three versus 20, I, I take three right. no matter where the I game had, is. But I had that I had game two as like, v 11. I was three versus six in okay. that game. And, that's and a I different, thought Yeah, that might be a different yeah. conversation. Yeah, I had three versus six, yeah. similar to lacrosse and Platteville and Oshkosh. I had it close enough. And, and I think. Whoops, did we lose Ryan? I was going to say, did the storm ruin our day here? Ryan, you still there, bud? We'll get him back in a second. We need Jim Cantori to report on the storm <laughs> outside Ryan's house that has taken him off <laughs> the Hoopsville program. We don't know what's happened to Ryan I, Scott. I am, I'm trying to make sure I have a secondary. Oh, there he is. There he is. He's apparently in hearing us because he's laughing. What were you going to um, say, sir? I'm hearing everything you say really fast all at once is what's <laughs> happening. It's, it's saving all of your words and then 
shooting them at me super fast. <laughs> I was just going to say with Roanoke, I think it was the fact that they beat Mary. Uh, Lost you, but so handily. And yeah. I think many of us believe Marietta is really, really good. That it was then seeing the performance again off making where they weren't that good. That Fair. that moves around. I think I only moved from two or three slots, but you know, I think it was resetting. Fair. That's fair. Uh, do you guys have a debatable team? All right, well, we had that one. Bob, do you have a debatable? Because I'm not going to bring one up. I got questions. I'll use the questions as my debatable. Yeah, mine's Amherst, and, and this is like my Love third it. season in a row that, that Amherst is a debatable. Now, look. I'm not voting for him. I'm just, just give me a second to get on this little soapbox. Why is Amherst playing this schedule? Now, if, if, Thank you. if it's because of, if it's because of uh, the pandemic and the powers that be at this wonderful institution told Amherst not to go play any good teams, then that's fine. But why are, look, 7-0, sorry, Rosemont, Colby Soar, Mass College, SUNY Genesee, Westfield State, Thomas, St. Elizabeth, you better be like 19-0. Now, look, Yeshiva, same kind of schedule, but they're beating the daylights out of people. They're a known commodity now. And I know all about them because Ryan told me about them three years ago and I got on the bandwagon. <laughs> I am not respecting this Amherst crap schedule and they're too good to play it. And I'm not voting for them until they win a few more games, I suppose. I'm Sorry. right there with you. That's why I'm not voting for any NASCAR team because all of them are doing the same thing. The women's side, they're not. Women's side, they're battling. Uh, I mean, Bates... Bates and Amherst picked up an extra game against one another because they both had an opening in their schedule. They're I've, willing to go after each other. I've got them in a little bit. I swear Ryan's about to say the best stuff. And, and he's, we're, he's I don't right. know what he's about to say, but I know it's good. It's right on the tip of, Ryan, his, it's, it's right on the tip of our tongue. Like, I wonder if well, he's I'm, I'm giving them a little more benefit of the doubt this year simply because of the personnel. They've got a whole load for two years about the ways that that i can hear so i'm really in at a loss at this point um but the guys that they have on this roster are the guys they had two years ago who were supposed to be great and uh they weren't so great two years ago and they're playing really well now and are i don't know if you can well? hear any of the things i'm saying at this point but we can hear you You sound like you were you had just done some helium there for a while and <laughs> then you came back and i do believe you by the way that they when does amherst ever not have a great roster i just think at some point you got to like, well, I don't know. I think I'm so upset with their scheduling and I want to know they're, they're too good a program to play this piece. of I crap agree sport. with you. The schedule is ridiculous. Yeah. It's in, in it. Look, there's teams. I know there are teams that are reaching out to Amherst trying to play and they won't play them. And uh, so, Hey, win a few more games and we'll take a look at things. But right now, you know, not sold. No, I'm with you. Yep. Um, all right, so here are a couple questions I've gotten. One of them uh, out of Texas D3 guy. I see there are three Texas teams with six or less votes in the new top 25 poll. Would be interested to hear you guys' thoughts on the state of Texas at this point. Yeah, for me, and, you know, obviously uh, this is my, my home state, my state of residence, so now this topic is near and dear to me. I think all of those options are like one, one game away. You know, like Trinity, Texas for me is a team that I looked very – carefully at and uh trinity texas lost the game was it to carlton i believe and you're like eh, yeah i'm not so sure texas dallas this year obviously has been a perennial really strong program 
Um, you know, at this point they have a loss and that was to Trinity, Texas. So you're not voting for Trinity, Texas. And then you're like, well, I got to put them behind Trinity. I'm not voting for Trinity. Um, obviously we're voting for Mary Harden Baylor. Harden Simmons is another team very much in the conversation. They lost to Trinity, Texas. And so if you're not voting for Trinity, that kind of hurts with Harden Simmons. I don't know, Ryan, where you are with the the great Lone Star State, but I am just uh, right now I'm voting for Mary Harden Baylor and I'm I'm looking so carefully at all the rest of them and they're just like spot 26 for me. Um, I voted for one Texas team this week and it was Harden Simmons. I account for 100 percent of their points on this poll. Um, I think Trinity was playing a lot better the first week than they are playing right now. And uh, I feel like they were a better team when they beat Harden Simmons and, and uh, Harden Simmons has been playing great since then. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I had Trinity, Texas in my poll last week at 24, despite the loss to Carlton, I decided, you know, maybe that's a blemish. I kind of like what they've got going, but then this week I see a win over Shriner, but it took overtime and Shriner, I think has got two wins on the season. I said, no, forget it. No, you got a loss to Carlton and you've, you, and you fouled it up with an overtime win over Shriner. That's not impressive. Not when I think there's other teams out there that, that deserve a vote. Same with Harden Simmons. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. And the same with Harden Simmons and the same with the rest there. And again, I did the exact talk, same thing. That's if we want to talk about scheduling, scheduling's got to improve too, but I know it's tough in Texas. We don't have to dive down that rabbit hole. Um, but that, that's where I am with the Texas teams. It's a wait and see. It's a wait and see with a lot of teams. I got a lot of teams I'm waiting and seeing on. Um, and I probably made some mistakes in my poll, too. Listen, I got Cal Lou sitting there in 23rd, and maybe I shouldn't have had them there at all. Um, I decided not to make much of the Santa Barbara loss. Um, but I, which, I, which I agree with. Is that you're talking like Cal, Santa Barbara, D, what, D2? I think they're D1. They do with the, the gauchos. Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. correct? I'm pulling that out of yeah. nowhere. Um, right. Agree. It was the, the one... uh, Chapman loss. That was a little rough. To take. That, that right. one gave me pause. Um, yeah. I dropped them. I had them 19. I dropped them to 23. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, by the way, the question I had earlier, it's just interesting. I can probably answer it for us. What do you think of the main Farmington men's basketball team? By the way, they're the Beavers. Um, great start to the season. Should they be ranked um, on their surging offense and big margin of victory. Great playmakers on the team, guys that sh should get some recognition. So I looked into them. Um, they played UMaine and lost 71-52. They then played Maine Fort Kent, which is a D3 wannabe, and, and won 100-60. They went to Southern Maine and won 90-73. They went to St. Joe's Maine, 192-82. No coach there. Uh, then they played Maine Ag Ag Augusta who's not a D3, 97-80, and then beat N uh, um, uh, Linden. Just call him Linden. 129-76. Uh, so interesting results, but against nobody, to be honest, and half those games. Yeah, I think they're, they're in a position that a lot of up-and-coming programs are that they could be the best team in Division Three for all I know, but we, we wouldn't have any way to, to, to know at this point just based on the schedule that, that they've played. I mean, it sounds like they're really good, and it sounds like I need to go watch them, which I which I will. I'm also going to give myself a shout out for navigating to to Region One very quickly. I, somehow, <laughs> I can go to the teams thing and geographically see the map. Yeah, right. 
I know region one's here and I start coming south and yep. east to two and three and four. And I know that Texas and all the West is in region, region 10. 10. Yeah. That's how I just want to give myself a shout out for knowing all the, yes. like I can get, you give me a school. I'll find the region really quick. So, and then I also remember that. that new max in region two and the Nescax in region one. So if I'm really Correct. desperately looking, I know where to start. <laughs> yeah, well, we, Farmington before we get past farming, we should mention Terry and Ross, I believe is still the leading scorer in all of NCAA basketball. The guy scored 31 points last week and lowered his average, which doesn't happen too often. <laughs> That's tough. And uh, uh, certainly a great scorer up there to, to be aware of. Yeah, we're going to need more time. Hey, they, they got Colby coming up. Um, other side of the New Year's, they'll get into conference play. They don't have many teams to spot on. I do see Bates is in the middle of their January schedule. Um, they've got some they got some home and homes. Maybe it's just mistakes on the schedule. We'll have to double check some things. They got a game against Bowden near the end of the season. They got some games that might be able to prove themselves. We'll see. We'll cross that bridge, but they're, it's going to take Let's some see time. See what happens when they make the 14 hour bus ride to upstate New York. Let's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I think, will they be allowed to go through Canada? I don't know if they're going to be allowed. I don't believe they are. So that's. <laughs> so. Um, I thought there was another question, but I now cannot find it. I'm just double checking real quick. Um, I guess not. I guess there wasn't one. I thought I thought there was another, but I guess I'm missing. I either missed it or I imagined it. Um, any other thoughts, guys? Before I let you go. You know, one thought for me is I'm posted these uh, these ballots on 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 Twitter, and I'm starting to do the math. And Illinois Wesleyan fans are saying to themselves, "We're one poll point behind Randolph Macon." And the Illinois Wesleyan guy on, on the panel has Randolph making one and Illinois Wesleyan three. So one of my takeaways, Dave, is, uh, you know, putting the ballot on Twitter is one thing until people start coming at you. I've got Yeshiva people mad at me, Illinois Wesleyan people mad at me. I'm going to have to rethink my strategy. But uh, no, it's all good. I think it's been an, it's been an incredible season. Uh, so many great matchups so far. And uh, it's been fun. I have noticed more people are posting their ballots, which is kind of cool. Um, but Great. You all enjoy the friendly fire. Oh yeah, I, I'm taking the shots right yeah. now. I'm gonna need security there at uh, at the Max Stern <laughs> Athletic Center when I go to Yeshiva. I gotta walk in with some hired security. I'll tell you that right now. I'm in trouble. We'll we'll make some calls for you. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Ryan. I feel like I think Bob and I have had the same exact top seven for two weeks in a row here now. So I feel what? like that's that's got to be set in stone. We're just waiting for. Voters to come around and get on board with us. So. Holy Are we cow. still locked in, Ryan? We still good down to seven now. I think we have the same seven. Yeah. So let's just re Randolph making one. Yeshiva yep. two, two, Illinois Wesleyan three, Platteville Oshkosh. That gets us to five. Yep. And then I, I went Marietta yep. Christopher Newport. Yep. Pretty amazing. Yeah, we're good down to seven, and that's where I go. I go into my Wash U sleeper at eight. So I go Wash U Wheaton. I have Wash U ahead of Wheaton. So that's pretty incredible. Top seven locked up. Couldn't be any different. Pretty, pretty cool. I've got Yeshiva one. Yep. Randolph Macon two. Illinois Wesleyan <laughs> three. How about that? Then I go St. Joseph's four. Platteville five. Elmer six. And then I got Mary Harden Baylor at seven. 
How do you go Elmhurst six after they lose by 30 to Calvin, by the way? Now, Trust I look, me, I don't know how. That might they, be the one mistake I made where I just didn't have my brain clicking. I don't, don't get me know. Wrong. I'm look, I'm a huge fan of Elmhurst, but you got No, you're right. You gotta take they, they got they got run out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. I think I got and, over I think it I got I got over focused on their win over Wheaton and focused on making sure I got them ahead of Wheaton that I just I I just brain dumped on the Calvin game, to be honest. I've got I have Elmhurst at twenty. I have them all the way down wow. at twenty. Yeah. Where I, do you have Wheaton? Look, um, I have Wheaton at nine. Despite the, well, you're just considering the buzzer beater a buzzer beater. Wow. If 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 a forty foot shot yeah. with a guy draped on him hits the rim or the backboard or something else, we talk different. Like no, I get so that. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm. Yeah. And again, my Elmhurst should have won that game. It was at their building. They should have won the game. Sure. And and you got it. Look, they got pasted by Calvin. I'm voting for Calvin. By the way, I have them nineteenth. Um, but but I think you've got Elmhurst a little too high. No, I, do, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. After I put it in and I started doing some work on the show, I kind of wish I had done something else. I, I freely admit that's probably um, me focused on something else when I put them in. I didn't catch what I was doing. Does that make sense? So sometimes you're you're doing your balance. You've got seven thoughts and you got those checked off and you're going through. And then it's like two hours later, you come back and go, I totally forgot about this other fact. It's written down in six other get, places. It's just yeah, not on my right. ballot. Yeah, they're 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 a really good team, and they they could they could go deep. I mean, they really could. They're a great team. They could win the CCIW. So it's hard. You could end up being right about where you have. Who yeah, knows? no, I, I don't feel wrong. comfortable with them there. Trust me. Um, but I I mean it, I've got different. I, I think I feel. Where do you good. have Oshkosh? Where, where do, do I have Oshkosh? Oshkosh? I have nine. Okay. Yeah, I think Oshkosh is as good as. I, when I think of like the teams that can win the national championship right now that I'm, that I'm sure can win it to me, that's Randolph making Yeshiva, Illinois, Wesleyan, Platteville, Oshkosh, that group of five, I feel great about after that's where I start to think, gotcha. eh, I, I'm not so sure about those. I think Oshkosh is fantastic. I think St. Joseph's is pretty good. I'm it, not sure. I think they are. Um, everyone keeps telling me that I have them way too low. So I probably do. Cause people I respect keep telling me that I have them 10. And I'm waiting for them to play Marietta. They play Marietta real soon, right? Yep. And I'm I'm going to see them out in Vegas. They've been a little banged up too early in the season. They've they've not been at full strength. So that's understandable to keep them down. And and we'll see them in Vegas too. Looking forward to that. So listen, I'll freely admit, you know, my ballot's probably not as polished as it should be. That's why we got 25 voters. Um, But it's also, I think, as much as we think we know the teams are, I'm waiting for us to get back in January and go, I didn't know anything. And there's some good matchups where I think we all have those uh, teams that we're waiting for yep. a certain game to play out. Yes. And I was, I was looking earlier when I was preparing my dubious or something, when I, when I was looking at trying and I got to thinking, I literally thought this to myself because I mentioned you guys this thing about how they're stuck behind Mount Union for me. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool if Trine played Heidelberg. And then I looked at their schedule. Trine's next game is Heidelberg. Yep. And then after that, they play lacrosse. Yeah. So, um, shout out to the teams that are playing great schedules because yeah. it allows us to sort all this out. Like Trine versus Heidelberg, that's like literally for spot on my ballot. Like, <laughs> like I couldn't ask for a better matchup, and I'm so excited. We've just renamed it the Bob Quillman ballot game. That's going to – I'm going to maybe throw some money at that game and see if I can get a banner or something. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> 
Hey, guys, I appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for the entertainment as well. You guys stay safe and uh, look forward to chatting with you when we chat with you. And obviously we'll get into this more routinely, but so far this season I've enjoyed our chats. Thanks for the time, and you guys take care of yourselves. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott join us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I look at my ballot. I know there's probably some spots I made some mistakes, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, Make some changes at a later date and all of that jazz. So appreciate those guys coming on. We've run long, and I'm just going to wrap it up from here. Uh, I want to thank our guests for coming on tonight's show. Um, First off, for Dean Burroughs from Mississippi University of Women uh, Men's Basketball Program. Also to Allison Montgomery from Bates. That was great to chat with her as well. Um, Thursday, got some good ideas coming up, so make sure you tune in to Thursday's show. That top 25 thing we're doing on the men's side, I am, I am now starting to work to see if we can do one on the women's side as well. I think it's a good chat, good fun. Uh, we'll see if we can get a panel put together to do that. Um, if you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can always email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. We know that works because I saw the email work today. I want to thank Will for making sure I knew it worked. <laughs> it didn't seem to work a while back. Um, we got one person who got a hold of us about sponsorships and advertising. Thank you so much. We're going to get back in touch with them, and we're going to get them some information. If you're interested in advertising or sponsoring on the show, please feel free to do so. Get in touch with us. You can email us, tweet us, direct message us. Whatever you need to do, you can get a hold of us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, that should do it. We're going to be on the air Thursday, believe it or not. Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern, and then Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern. We're going to get into the routine here for a few weeks, take a holiday break, and then we're going to come back in gung-ho. A few changes are coming. We've got uh, some new cameras to put up. I've got a new audio board to put in that's going to add some flexibility. Uh, The NABC has jumped on board. We're going to get their financing in here. We're going to clean up this studio a little bit so boxes can get removed, get more of the lights set back up. By January, we'll be humming and hawing in this place and looking forward to it. So if you want to help us, please uh, let us know. We still have a PayPal button on our main page. Um, and we're going to get the Blue Frame Technology advertising system running as well so that we can get uh, a little bit more resources coming in that way too. So lots of changes coming. Now that I can settle into things, we'll, we'll make sure we're humming and, and, and doing well as we move forward. But thanks to everybody tuned in, whether it was on Facebook or whether it was um, on the main channel. Uh, those of you who put us on the big screen, sorry to break your big screen. I'm really sorry. I'll try and wear some makeup so we're not so bright on you in the future. Thanks again to everybody who tuned in. Thanks to the SIDs who helped us as well. Um, and thanks to Bob and Ryan for joining us as well. You've been listening to Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. Thanks to our partners at Blue Frame Technology and the WBCA as well, and future um, support as well coming in the near future. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time um, when it is certainly busy. We know it could be via the podcast or this on demand or live, whichever it is. Thanks so much for taking it and enjoying it. You've been listening to Hoopsville. If you have any questions for us, contact us via email, hoopsville at d3sports.com, or tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. You can also send us a message on Facebook at facebook.com. We're on Instagram as well, though that's mainly just as a promotional thing. Hard to respond to a lot of stuff there. But we're there at d3hoopsville and hashtag hoopsville as well. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. I certainly did. Looking forward to getting back on the air on Thursday. You all take care, and we will see you Thursday. Good night, everybody.